Talk Brunch. Served hot. Talk Brunch live. I was hoping that I'd uh, get my release this week, but no luck there. Or maybe uh, no, we actually need. <laughs> or maybe we can keep me and release my wife. That way we can work at separate companies. We'll have access to both locker rooms. Right. You know, I don't know exactly how it'll work. That's twice the risk, though, as far as the double travel and everything. You know, for both touring and doing different house shows. Coming home. Yeah, and then just let the uh, system take over. Yeah, let it run on universe mode. And if everyone works at a different company, then when you meet together, (laughs) you got worse risk because they say that that Delta variant can get you if you're vaxxed, if you're waxed, whether or not you take X lax, no matter how much you get back in tax. So wear a mask, wear a cape, mind the gap, and watch the gape. That's the best advice I could give you right now. Take it how you will. It's unbelievable. I, uh... And, you know, I also hearing all this stuff. I know there's been releases. You're angry and uh, upset. And then there's been a sensitive thing about using the M word now, right? Because of mental health. And look, I understand mental health is an issue and a concern. But what's with everyone that has it constantly bringing it up? Like, you don't see a guy in a wheelchair when you meet them. And they're constantly like, you know what the thing about being in a wheelchair is? Or like a guy with one arm being like, you know what the thing is about having one arm? That never happens. Everybody who has like a thing, they usually don't even draw attention to it. It's only the mental health where it's like, hey, you know what the thing about having mental health is? I know what the thing about having mental health is. The fact you keep fucking bringing it up. You know? By the way, shout out to all the Twitch channels that I keep seeing seeing myself and also hearing about where people are pirating raw. It's good to know that while others pour our hearts and souls into our content, pirating raw all because they know that they can't get over by themselves. With their own content and one attention, don't get pussy, never get laid. Good job, Twitch, at yeah, moderating you, you, you it. You gotta do what you gotta do. Yeah, do whatever you gotta do for the desperation of that. But also, seriously, shout out to everybody in the chat room uh, that's there, and of course, everybody across the platforms that we'll mention later on when I feel like it. Joining me is the co host, always Mr. Destin Soul Glow Frazier. Happy birthday, Destin. You feel Thank any you, older? Sir. It happened twice. Yeah. You f- do you feel any older? Yes. <laughs> That, wow, that was a good answer. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> well, not the answer I was expected, but uh, yeah, I, I guess man, if you reality is a bit sometimes, right? Reality is that uh, if you don't uh, if you don't die first, you'll inevitably feel old eventually, right? Yeah. Brian Merrick and Robert Fist over at uh, Facebook says that I guess DB sucks always has. Does he mean Daniel Bryan? I don't think that works. Somebody salty. Watch now, I'm gonna have heat. Already, it just with just the show. Literally, that's, this that's is what, the opening. <laughs> I've been 29 for six minutes. Already got heat. Ain't that a bitch? That's hilarious. <laughs> I think it's a record. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oh man! All right. So what? What is on this here? So Batista. What the hell is this? The Batista's the streamer. Did you hear about this? Not. I don't think it's the same streamer as us. Right? I'm like, wait, wait, what? I like how I had to clarify that, right? Like, if that would make it clear. I don't think it's the same streamer as us. <laughs> <laughs> like, no shit, right? Know. Let's have a look at what the hell is here. 
Hello, friend. I've streamed every stream you can stream. There are funny streams, traumatic streams, all kinds of streams out there. But there's only one stream that has every kind of stream you could ever want to stream. It's called the Disney Bundle, and it gives you Disney Plus, Hulu, and ESPN Plus for only $13.99 oh, a month. And I like to stream it real good. I'll wake up and stream The Mandalorian. By late morning, I'm hooting and hollering for the Orioles. Yes! Mid-afternoon, I'll dive into something that tickles my heart feathers, like soul. And by nightfall, I'm watching June Osborne take down the gosh darn patriarchy on The Handmaid's Tale. Well, that's a day spent streaming the Disney Bundle. One minute you're watching a good old-fashioned football jamboree, and the next you're watching Love, Victor. I love Victor. What the Yeah, heck? I hear you. It's time for a big UFC dust-up. This ought to be good. The Disney Bundle. Streaming at its best. Now that's a commercial, huh? I, I, I didn't think... Yeah. You ever wow. have that moment when you realize this is something I'll never unsee? <laughs> Batista with like a Gandalf dual Maxwell length ponytail. I can't that that that's there forever now. You know, he can you see how good he is with gimmicks? Right. <laughs> All he has to do is leave WWE and then the real creative Batista came out. It's amazing what happens when you leave there and creativity just flourishes it's nuts, isn't it? I guess. I guess that's the trend, right? Because uh Oh yeah. Well I mean I I guess when you're not I guess when you don't have to worry about entertaining Kevin Dunn's buck to buck too fast, I guess, yeah. No, you can't you can't look shame anymore. You're a heel. You know? Just because Kevin Dunn has teeth like that doesn't mean you have the right yeah, to acknowledge man. it. I'm saying, man, he look like he'll bite through a bowling ball, so I'm just something you can't you can't just let that go. <laughs> oh man. Apparently that, that commercial got Batista over though. It did. <laughs> like people love it, so I don't. I thought that. See, they. I only saw the screenshot, so they really got me, because I thought that it was literally advertising him being part of a Hulu new program called The Streamer, where he would be right, like. I'm I thought actually he's like he'd be. <laughs> no, but they actually is, is. He's streaming. He's streaming Hulu. Good advertising there. Good job, guys. Good job. That's why they should advertise. It comes with a free beard and a ponytail. Mm-hmm. So in other news, as you guys know, we have the. Uh, a new movie. What is this? The, the Jungle Cruise with The Rock, which, full disclosure, by no intention other than the randomness. As you guys know, we have we all have a television hookup. We're not going to get back into that again. I just like, I couldn't. After we got, I was like, oh man, that's awesome. We can watch all these different channels. We can put on anything. And then I was like, what do I watch? Though? I don't really watch any of this. I don't watch anything. There's nothing I could think of here that I want to watch. So I did. And I guess I think if you're a wrestling fan, most wrestling fans are probably guilty of this at some point in your life when you can't think of anything to watch and your mind's drawing a blank you default to usa usa network not because there's anything on there but just because you spend so much time on it it's almost like your brain takes you there <laughs> you know what i mean that's how you find out about suits and all this other that's what, at least that's how i found out a lot of star trek shit so See, for you it's usa for me it's true tv really wow no it's always been usa i, I, guess, like, I don't know if i if i if i draw a blank I go straight to True TV. I don't know why. <laughs> That's great. See, for me, uh, so I go to USA. I've always done that. That's how I've seen so much Walker, Texas Ranger, even though I don't like it. That's how I've seen all the Pacific Blue episodes, even though I don't like that. You just wind up back on that network. You will grow up watching Raw, and that's sort of what you do. So I wound up watching uh, most of the Olympics, not just some, just most of the Olympics. Like whenever I was around, the TV's on, the Olympics are beyond. If I went out, went to sleep, I'd leave the TV on the background. The Olympics just seemed to always be there. 
not a big Olympic person, but whenever there's like some sort of a test of physical feats going on, I almost can't help but watch. So putting it on was almost like a, a very unhealthy relationship between myself and the television because it was like, holy shit, this thing's never going to stop and I'm never going to stop watching. <laughs> you know, like, where, where is this going to go? So wound up watching a bunch of Olympics, really cool stuff. But I digress. Uh, once I got burnt out on that, I switched over and decided to watch a little bit of this jungle thing. I didn't even realize that's what I pressed on. It was a literal desperation click. Just whatever this is. It's like, oh, you know, this is actually interesting. The Rock does like a really good job. It's nothing like what I thought it was going to be. I thought it was going to be this really campy. And in some ways it is. But I thought it was going to be more campy than it was. And uh, just from what I saw, I had it on in the background while we were getting ready because we had hangout plans this weekend. And while we were getting ready for them, uh, it was on the background. It looked good. You know, I would say it's something that you can watch. It didn't seem like it had that hokey nature that like, uh, like a children's themed show would oh, have. Oh, thank God. You know, maybe like a mummy or an Indiana Jones or something like that. I mean, again, I only looked every now and then. Definitely not exactly my type of uh, movie, but I'll check it out. That being said, The Rock was recently interviewed and he spoke a little bit about the uh, the movie itself. But in the interview, he had some interesting comments, which I'd like you guys to hear. And then we'll talk about it afterwards. This up. One thing before we leave. Yes, sir. Um, and you'll appreciate this is we'll the the, t- <laughs> the T-shirt he's wearing yeah. is a guy who uh, didn't have to be, but he was so good to me when I was a rookie professional wrestler. And his oh, name is Brett he? the Hitman Hart. Oh, yes. Comes from a, uh, a very famous wrestling family. But at that time, <clears throat> he was world champion. And there were a lot of guys in that world at that time in 96 yeah. that didn't necessarily embrace me yeah when I, you were the good guy when, well when you, just when i was a rookie coming in yeah because everyone is when hungry for here. Spots and there's yeah. a lot of as he'll tell you there's a lot of sharks in the water yeah but he was that nice guy brett and he was world champion to show me like how it's done why do you think he was nice to you i think because he knew that i our families knew each other and knew that i came from a lineage of pro wrestling yeah, yeah. and that i had a real love and respect for yeah. wrestling and he was just a great guy and i always like to give him props where i can Oh, nice. Like Brett. Someone said something nice about Brett. It's a Christmas miracle. All right, this is a moment in time here. Oh, yeah, that's right, Brian. Brian has um has a group. There's so many. But yeah, Brian has a wrestling group there. Got to call in sometime, Brian. You don't bite. But yeah, look at that. The Hitman. As much as you hear complaints about him, he complains about others. He seemed to get along with The Rock, who ironically didn't seem to get along with The Click. Dun, dun, dun. Another person who's not a click guy. So there's been rumors going around. I don't know if you've heard about what's, what's been happening with uh, the Disney lawsuits. Or do you know anything, information about this? Oh, I do not. Oh, do tell, do tell. Okay. So apparently Scarlett Johansson is going to be suing Disney because of the fact that they released her movie Black Widow as a Disney Plus exclusive as opposed to it being in the theaters. Now we're oh, bombed. Yeah. It didn't do it didn't do too good. Black Widow didn't do too good. But she was entitled to yeah. a certain amount of the revenue from the uh, the box office that she's not entitled to through the Disney Plus subscription. So this is what she's suing for. And they were arguing that like she's just being greedy. I'm paraphrasing. I read like the whole legal thing, but they're saying she's just being greedy and she was awarded bonus money and so on and so forth. This led to rumors that The Rock and his movie studio uh, we're now going to also be joining in on this lawsuit. Uh, what's the name of his movie studio again? It is it is freaking 
Seven Box Productions, I believe, right? Yeah. They co-produced Jungle Cruise along with The Rock. So it's a different situation as far as that goes than it would be for Scarlett Johansson, where she, on the other hand, is someone who was just part of a movie where, like, The Rock's literally a co-producer and the fact that his studio helped co-produce this. And despite the rumors and everything, like, The Rock has no intention of suing Disney or vice versa or anything like that. As a matter of fact, uh, when someone tweeted out about how good it did with the $34 million at the domestic box office and they were praising the movie, he tweeted back, Thank you, buddy. Glad you guys love Jungle Cruise. And we have a sequel meeting next weekend. And it was pointed out that that's a little bit different for an actor to do. But it's also really smart because if there was going to be any kind of friction or if there was going to be any kind of tension, like he just literally threw out there in public that there's a meeting for a sequel next weekend, almost reminding Disney and almost notifying the fans. You know what I mean? It's kind of like that puts them in the hot seat. Just so y'all know. That's like the equivocal of like this other situation. I didn't even mean for this segue, but we found out, whoops, Adam Cole's contract's coming up within this month, right? Right, yeah, this month he um signed an extension because he was actually, it was actually supposed to already be up. Yeah, that would be the equivocal if he was like, oh, you know, thanks, guys. You know, uh, we're in talks for a new contract. Which, by <laughs> you know, really? that, I believe I heard that um the fact that he signed an extension does give him the option to not do that with that 90-day no-compete or the 30-day for NXT. And he's done a lot. I didn't mean to segue into it, but I just had to, I saw the comparison, then I figured why not. Work out, right? But yeah, the Jungle Cruise sequel, he already he named it. He basically said, hey, we're working on a sequel, having a meeting for a sequel next week. He's not going to be suing. The Scarlet situation, I don't know how that, that's going to turn out. Um, but speaking of Batista, um, he replied to the story about Scarlett Johansson or about her suing, who as much as people thought it was going to become like this piggyback suing, it really just turned out to be her. And he tweeted out in response when he said, told him they should have made a Drax movie, but no. <laughs> <laughs> I saw that. So. <laughs> like, you petty bitch. You <laughs> would have had this oh issue with the Drax God. movie. I wouldn't have gave a shit. Oh, it's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, speaking of Hollywood, well, we're talking about the Hollywood people here. Uh, John Cena, what was this that he was on? I always like to credit these sources, and there's so much freaking... This was on the Rich Eisen show. Um, I will link you guys to the entire thing here. But he basically discussed his experience coming back to WWE this last time. And uh, just how he's... The difference between the fans now and the fans before. John Cena here on the Rich Eisen show again. The Suicide Squad, Warner Brothers, The Suicide Squad, available in theaters near you, and also exclusively on HBO Max Friday, August 6th. The reaction you got when you jumped in the ring with Roman Reigns, John, was remarkable. What was that like to you when you, you know, when the music sting hits and you hear the reaction at Money in the Bank, as you heard in Fort Worth? Right, I'm not used to that. Usually the arenas, half of the people or more are telling me that I suck. And half of the people are saying, let's go see it. So I was kind of expecting that. I mean, I've been you know, curtailing off my number of performances for the WWE for the last few years now because I've been filming all these projects, but I didn't expect the shift to be that much. And I, I, I think that's because it was a genuine surprise. You know, I showed up on the next day on Monday Night Raw and they, they were still very excited, but like a bunch of chants started. Some people were chanting, welcome back. And some people were chanting, let's go Cena. And some people were chanting, Cena sucks. But like, they knew I was going to be there. So I think the thing I hold closest about that money in the bank appearance is in this day and age, trying to 
orchestrate some sort of real genuine surprise is so very rare. And it was it was a genuine moment of everybody was excited. And that led me to be really excited. Yeah. How, how long in advance was that planned? Did you did you? Have- uh, you know, that's that's level specific classified information. <laughs> we'll say that it was not planned day of. So, OK. So and so um, SummerSlam is definitely in the cards for you to see one more time. That's going to happen. That's, uh, that's not up to me. That's up to the WWE Universal Champion, Roman Reigns. I went on Monday Night Raw and issued a challenge and kind of said, like, hey, I'm here for this. But I can't just jump to the front of the line without the guy who holds the championship saying it's OK. So Friday on SmackDown, he's more than likely going to have some splaining to do or some, some things he'd like to say. And we'll go from there. See about that. I wonder what's going to happen. It'd be great if that was his only appearance, though, right? They could have... Wouldn't that be some shit? They can just Balor and that's it. Oh, my God. Like, ha-ha. That was my appearance. It was just just to plug uh, this guy again, Peacemaker. Peacemaker. That was it. It was my one thing. Like like Arnold Schwarzenegger, end of days, back in the day. Back in the end of days. (laughs) (laughs) So, uh, what were you going to say? No, I was gonna say he does have a point though. It's hard to like genuinely surprise people anymore, especially in this business. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, with the way the internet is and the way news and stuff moves. Like, I think the last time I was probably genuinely surprised and had like no absolute clue or like any indication of what's happening was uh the last time the Dudleys came. Back. There was no warning, no news, nothing. They just boop, showed up. I don't think anyone that's Anyone that isn't doing what we do, putting together like a weekly show like this, doesn't have a concept of how fast the news moves. Because full disclosure, one of the things, the show's supposed to be 11.30 p.m. Eastern after Raw. We're late a lot of the time. One of the things that makes me late, because I prefer, I tell you guys, I don't like us doing content like anyone else does. Right? I, don't, I don't care if the way that others do it, do, do it gets more over or whatever. It's like we're trying to do our own different rhythm of things here when it comes to, uh, you know, just a release of i guess all content you know but what takes me so long is that usually it'll take like at least most of the afternoon to go through all the dirt sheets bring up all these videos get the stories and the headlines and everything together and then when raw ends at 11 o'clock i literally do it all over again and what i mean is i'll literally at 11 then do what i did when i first started doing the program that took all day a second time now, because I've already done a first once over of the weekend news, now I pretty much just have a day. But that's how fast the news moves, that I can finish at 11 p.m. what I've been working on all day and then at 11 do a mini sweep of what's on the sheets and whatever. And it's like another thing. There's a whole other section of, of interviews and things that happen. Sometimes that 11 o'clock would have broke the show. People were released or something really crazy happened. So it's not even like, and I've noticed it's always that little 11. So sometimes I'm like, you know what? I'd rather be late than to be sorry. Because many a time, one of the time, fucking uh, when the 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 sweep gave me uh, why am I forgetting his name? Street Street Fighter became Santa Claus on Drake and Josh. <laughs> oh, Kimbo Slice. Kimbo Slice. Oh, you guys remember one of the times we came on here? That news broke between the end of Raw and the beginning of us going on. That wouldn't have been on the program when he died. Yeah, so, I remember that. Yeah, so a lot of the time that that's how fast news and information and stuff get conveyed around here we've been on the air and then found out things that were news you know sometimes i have to check the sheets even while having a program that took this long to make i have to check the sheets while we're I, here i remember 
for once uh, I broke the news when King Kong Bundy died. It was in the middle of the show. Yeah, you're right. You see? So before I remember being able to do the show, sometimes I could do the show like a few days in advance and have it locked in and not have to think or worry about it. And at most, maybe have to add a story. So a lot's changed in seven years. That's crazy. Did some shit. Drake be up to no good lately. The Drake from Drake and Josh, do I want to know? I don't think I want to know. Everyone's up to no good. That <sighs> Kim, guy too? fucking Kyle from Nashville. Yeah, Child Star's been in some shit lately, huh? Really? Yeah. Childhood ruined, huh? It wasn't my childhood. I was already getting pussy by that point. Uh, There's my age showing. I'm kidding. I'm kidding, but no. I'm just saying, I'm I'm definitely not the generation of Drake and Josh, but I was aware of it. And just like I scanned everything else, I scanned that. Why did I do that, right? Right. Like, what the fuck? (laughs) What's up, Britney Mode? Some of us couldn't help it at that time. Jesus Christ. What's up, Britney Mode in the chat? I saw Willie in there earlier, too. What's up, Willie? And of course, Stasis and George. And Quest, I saw your, your comments on there, Quest. It's easier to keep up with our new setup, by the way. That definitely came in handy. The other way, it was like there was just not enough screens. Never thought I would say that, but yeah, having all the screens just looking everywhere at once without having a seizure works. <laughs> yeah. It's unbelievable. Uh, oh, yeah, while we're on the John Cena, because I want to still be able to segue clean from this. So he uh, apparently he granted a wish after SmackDown. Uh, yeah, this was pretty cool. It was like a. I guess this was a special wish in some way, or is it just that it was, we're just showing him granting a wish? Yeah, it was just something really cool to see, I guess. All right, let's bring it up. Want to catch it. Oh, go ahead. I was saying, yeah, I want to uh, see in this after SmackDown. Yeah, it, it was pretty cool. Also, this, for anyone listening to the podcast version, turn this down a little bit. Sorry. He's this kid's in a wheelchair, and John Cena. I guess he's signing his merchandise and stuff. Put the link up on here for you guys. Did you see that? Oh, I knew someone was in that there today. Can you walk? Hang on, let's do this, you guys. What? Hey, I'm gonna get him to walk with John Cena. This is. Oh God. He can walk? Oh, he's gonna call it. He doesn't have very much strength. Hold on, Joe. He doesn't have very much what? Sorry, I turned it down. He's like, uh, he has very little strength. Like, exactly I believe what it is. Gotcha. So it's like the wheels. It's one of those things. Where, like the wheelchair makes it a lot easier for him to get around. But he got to basically walk with it. That's pretty cool. Wow. You see when yeah, people see criticize, like his legs. you see when people criticize wrestling for sticking around during what could have been the end of the world. Remember these moments, you know. Stuff like this, it, stuff like this, and then I wonder why there's people that are still pacing. You know, all the things to hate on for still doing shows, which probably couldn't have survived. Just remember this kind of stuff, you know. This is like really, really cool. That kid's never gonna Wow, cool. Nice to have some nice spirited stuff on here every now and then, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that was cool. You see, that's what I mean. There's good stuff that comes out of things. Not everything has to be negative. Like, all I hear is, oh, 
Like almost like if they're, they're, they're spitting COVID on people. Like, come on, man. Spitting COVID on people. Is he doing a tour? <laughs> no, it just it just happens. Can't get out there. No, because George said that he was he's doing a scene a tour or something. You know that's George. <laughs> but uh, yeah, he's just he does stuff like that. Even if it's not like somebody like Mago, like the Mago Foundation doing something like that, he does stuff like that just just because. Like. Also, so Brian was saying Drake was Drake and Josh were supposed to do a new show together, and then Drake got accused of messaging underage kids. I sure you got accused. Fucking really, Jesus! Just the whole yeah, it's oh. why is that a thing though? I don't know. I, I hate for, what a dark segue. Where I have to take the make a wish kid off. But why is that a thing? While we have this awkward segue, can anyone explain to me? And I, I guess you, you're not going to be able to. It's like if I came out here and asked you how come there's axe murderers, but it's like I almost don't understand why that would be a thing, because uh, I just don't get it. The fetishizing, if that's even a word or a thing, of younger people, I've never gotten. Like I guess I go in the opposite direction. Like I kind of like women. It sounds strange for me to have to make that clarification, but I think like a fully developed woman is is really isn't that isn't that all you could ask for? Doesn't anybody want any? Doesn't anybody else just like for their fruit to get ripe before they start picking it from the trees? You know what I, I mean? Wait a little bit after sometimes, all right? But damn, like like whatever happened to liking milfs and stuff? I'm not picking the fucking banana when it's bright fucking green. Like, come on, now. isn't it more healthy to like milfs? Yeah, because at least that's experience, like shit. Milfs, exactly. Like milfs, milfs. You know, I think, she knows shit. Like, I think, I think God, I think God started with the milf and then retroactively created the rest of the universe. You know, it was like he had this one idea, and he just expanded on it. Afterwards, it's free lunchables, right? Priorities, people. Priorities. Yeah, it was the milf. <laughs> it was the milf and lunchables was what God started the planet with. <laughs> Milk and then it was like, right and then everything else—the grass, the oxygen, the ocean—it was all—it was all a result of the milk. Like I just didn't—I never understood. When I was kind of like, hmm, how young can I get them? Like really? How young would you want them? How young can you take them? Because I don't want any. Jeez. That's a question you don't want the answer to because I have seen some shit. Right? It's just crazy. It looks like there's proof. Oh joy! Of course there's proof. Which makes it terrible because then we have to accept oh, that some me, guy that you see, especially when his shit comes on, it's like, oh great, that was cool. Too bad he. Me, it ain't no looks like there's proof. There has been proof. There's been a whole set. Like we used to call who, them. Um, we call them Smurf eaters on here, right? Remember that was the safe term we came up with, Smurf eaters. Because oh, they're like, because they're like Gargamel. They want to eat little people. You know, we call them Smurf eaters. Oh my god. You know, but I've never understood it, man. Like I just don't get it. Like, what are you doing? And you're rich, too, which means you could get, like, a hot MILF. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, the, the sky is the limit. You get one of them V8 MILFs. Like, huh? like yeah, you know, it's it's incredible. The things you can <laughs> I do. I just love how I use that phrase, V8 MILFs. <laughs> I've attained some pretty, some, some pretty amazing feats without money. So can you imagine? Where that must be like you can write a book about this kind of thing. And this guy's, like, messing up like that? Why, bro? Like, are you kidding me? The first thing I would do is be off to get my Lunchables and MILFs if I hit the lotto. <laughs> Drake's, Drake Bell's whole character in Drake and Josh was that he used to just pull bitches. Why have you not upgraded to women since then? Like, what is going on? The was fucking a new chick every episode. What the fuck? And it's weird because it's like, on, on one hand, like, you... I can't even really. I try to psychoanalyze. You know, I always try to play devil's advocate kind of here and try to look at it from the other perspective, but I don't get the other you perspective. Can't even in this case. At all. There's no other, there's no other, like, side. It's just something, there's something, there's a mental, there's something off there, I guess, that we'll never be able to understand. I've seen, like, 
people from adult entertainment, like in the early years of stuff like The Bus and all the other different known adult sites. I love the and then, word for it. That was great. And then I've seen those same women like later and it was like, good God, this is like fine wine. Like, are you kidding? Like, what? If you thought that the if you thought that the 18 was great, sometimes if you add a couple more decades, it's like, holy shit. Look at how she turned out. I could even think of uh, of some PG versions of people who turned out like way better when they were older. Like a good example, what's her name? Topanga. Yeah, she's way. When I saw her like later on, it was like, are you kidding me? Like really? I never got the appeal early on, probably because she was a fucking kid. But now I do. <laughs> right. You know? The hell, man. It's just weird. You know, I always get disappointed when I hear shit like that. Like really, man? You have money? What a waste of good money and and putanga. Oh Can that be our name for it? I mean, I already got a bill from Lunchables. So I'll put money in Putanga. I don't give a shit. No. Money in Putanga. They can't. Yeah, they can't. They can't do anything. We invented it. <laughs> Just because it sounds like something doesn't mean it is, even if it is. Good you know news. Putanga sounds like if you made like a freaking triple X rated dinosaur movie and said on Pangea, it was Putanga. The alternate ending of dinosaurs where they where they, <laughs> they fuck to save the species. Back of the pile. <laughs> yeah, that's another one. He's right. Kelly married with with with, with uh, Kelly married with children. Uh, what's her name? Christina Applegate, right? Got better with time. I don't know about uh. I don't know if I'm going to talk about that one quest just because I don't just because the whole the entire the whole sentence is just no good for me. There's like nothing in that sentence that I think should be in this. <laughs> and I don't mean it about. I'm just saying there's a lot of context there that no, just can't. Get us in trouble one of these days. You better stop it. <laughs> no, nah, I wouldn't get in trouble, but it's just like no, I, I get that those the, there's certain things I won't want to put over. <laughs> <laughs> but I do know what he means, though. Like I do know as far as uh, later on in life, didn't she? Actually, I think wasn't she on other things? Like wasn't she on other things later on in life? Um, I don't know. I think so. I have to check it out later on. Keisha Knight, right from the Cosby Show. Just because it was uh, like I hate when because he called the Ru- little Rudy from Cosby, I was like, but when you think of Keisha Knight, right? So like, what was her? What was her, she, what the hell was she on recently? I feel like she was on another sitcom now. God, see, it's kind of ah oh, fuck. Because I yeah, I the Tyler Perry shows. That's what I'm remembering her from. How the hell did I forget that? Wait, oh wait. yeah. So we've seen her recently, and and she uh. We're not talking in an adult way. We're allowed to say she's hot. Yeah, she's hot. She definitely got better as she got older. Prue from 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 Charm, Shannon Dorothy. Is that the one that Manson was banging? Because she definitely got hotter with age. <laughs> it's just so, so not wrestling, not as usual. Not, not, not at all. But hey, we do what we want right here. Hey, well, we, we took we something it. that was dark and uncomfortable and we turned it into something pleasant. Well, we're going to get judged more for talking about how beautiful all the women are than we're going to get talking about how, how guys are getting caught being fucking Smurf diddlers. Yeah. <laughs> As a phrase I never thought I'd hear on the air, but you know, it's Fresh Like, what's wrong with what we're talking about? The oldest sister from Fresh Prince, who are Hillary? I don't remember Hillary later after Fresh Prince. I don't Hillary or Ashley. Well, Ashley, I don't, you know what? I don't remember Hillary or Ashley after Fresh Prince. What happened to either of them? I think, oh God, I feel like I'd seen Hillary in like one movie, but I can't remember what it was. It was, it was one of those things where it's like, I just happened to stumble across the fucking movie. And what about that one Cosby kid that he has, the oldest one that's immortal? You've seen her, the, the oldest Cosby daughter. Like, if you see her right now, she Isn't looks like the same way she looked before. No, no, I'm talking about Cosby. 
I was like, fuck. Oh. The one that got a spinoff from in college, a different world. And then she didn't age. Theo didn't age either. How the fuck are they not aging? Nothing makes sense anymore. Strange, right? So many motherfuckers out here demons. Denise, right, right. Denise, see, she she hasn't gotten old. Actually, she looks great too. But yeah, I'll never get these guys where it's kind of like, hey, how young can they go? I don't know. Don't look. Good God, <laughs> not Drake. Ooh, not that I knew him really man. well, but he seems all right. Which one was the one that was really fat at one point? Was that him too? That was Josh. Well, that was Josh, right? I remember seeing episodes where I was like, what the hell happened to you? He, he looks like the first man to discover keto. <laughs> right. <laughs> what the fuck? He, like when I saw him, I was like, that's the same guy? He was getting skinnier as the show went on. Yeah, strange, right? Like he, like he, like he, 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 he was Chunky Monkey when it first showed up. But then like as the season went on, he started getting skinnier and skinnier and skinnier. And then I think they ended with a movie. And I was like, motherfucker, where did the rest of you go? Josh Peck. Yeah, that was his full name. Yeah, he, he did a good job. You know what the funny thing about it is they wanted to, it's kind of funny that this thing with Drake comes up because they wanted to have a heat because I believe uh Josh didn't invite Drake to his wedding or something like that. I remember hearing about that a while ago. <laughs> they had like they had like straight heat for it. And I was like, damn. Like, yeah. Unbelievable. So good news. Oh wait, wait, no, I have to get the button ready. Oh shoot. <laughs> right. Your boy is back in the news this this week. <laughs> Okay, all right. Well, the poll this time. Hit me with it. So, what is this that he did here? Apparently, there was a wait, WWE. Wait, wait, I think I know. Yeah, I, I'm just knowing now. He apparently WWE did a, a TikTok challenge for a SummerSlam announcer contest, and he <laughs> and and he entered himself for real. Oh, no. <laughs> yes. That's amazing. I don't know. That's almost that's almost like oh, 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 oh. yeah, this is it really. That's an amazing troll, man. You have to admit. That's an amazing troll right there. This, like he's a he's a genius. The following contest is scheduled for one fall. Making his way to the ring first, accompanied by Oswald Cobblepot, aka Fat Schmuck. He is the head of the table, the tribal chief. Roman Reigns and his opponent. You can't see him, but China certainly can. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Oh, the heat. I thought it was. Oh. <laughs> okay, Reeves, you made me laugh. Congratulations. That's not appropriate. You may not be able to see him, but China certainly can. Yeah. <laughs> oh, oh God. He's a troll, man. I told you when he started doing that Twitter thing, I was like, this is way too crazy that he's not just messing with people at this point. Because I used to, I, re- I started to realize, I don't know if you guys remember, but I started to realize that he would mess with people. Back when I first started hearing about him doing things on Twitter, back when he was still in WWE. And they start, They sort of stopped pushing him. So whenever he came out for a match, like he would come out and he would like do like this motion with his hands, like if he was typing on the keyboard, like he come through the gorilla position, like ah ha ha ha, typing with my hand. You remember when he was doing that? Yeah. I just remember that last time he was on a pre-show and he came out with the fucking pre-show Steeler belt and did the CM Punk is clover time. And I was- yeah, like my, I remember I had a friend who thought he was doing like bear paws. He was like, why is he doing bear paws? I said, like, no, he's coming out showing he's typing with his hands. <laughs> why is he doing bear paws? Like he would come out acting like, ha ha, typing on Twitter or whatever. And I was like, I remember thinking then that he's like the, he's like a troll. It's like, yeah, this guy's a troll. I'm hearing weird things and he's coming out typing with his hands. At his intro during Raw. You wouldn't come out of gorilla position doing that shit. 
unless you were a troll. Damn, Brian over on Facebook said he failed worse than Gilbert. Holy shit. He failed, but it's on his own fault for failing because he had all the tools to succeed, mm-hmm. except patience. But he, but, <laughs> but he didn't want to go through the grind because he couldn't accept the fact that the streak was over. He needed to Reginald it. You know, right? Reggie lost his accent and got over. Look at that shit. Fake it till you make it. You know, I, he was there for a little time. He needed to take more time. Every time he we, pushed one time, he couldn't deal with it. He was like, "That does it." And also because he, I, a lot of people said he wasn't safe, that they got hurt. Yeah, Punk's one of the classic, one of the most infamous cases of people saying that he got that they got hurt working on him. Yeah, <laughs> and I think that's that's what that's. The reason I almost refuse to believe that it was trolling because it's like if you're stupid enough to leave after one deep pushing, I almost feel like you're stupid enough to believe anything. There are certain people in this company that I'm convinced that they'd rather not deal with. You know what I mean? Like I've actually heard when they were asked about CM Punk that their whole attitude was good. Let him be their problem. Like there are certain people, and again, we've we've never run our own show or had anything that's like that level of production but if you ever dealt with anyone doing any kind of a project you do have those moments where even though the person might be a good personality that doesn't mean that they're a good person and after a while that scale will tip and you'll just be like you know what fuck them better just not to have it than to have to put up with bullshit so i can believe that there are guys whether or not you believe ryback was that case i get the impression he was punk in a lot of ways they consider punk that kind of a person he was difficult to work with so they don't really see it as CM Punk going to AEW being a loss. I know I'm jumping ahead here because we're not up to the CM Punk stuff. But they don't really see it as, oh, we lost somebody because they're more like, fuck that. You you deal with him. It's like the bad kid in a divorce. He's you take him. this weekend. You take him, yeah. You, <laughs> <laughs> write that down. He's yours this weekend. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what the worst part is for them? They could be happy that somebody else had to deal with him. They still got to deal with the fans. Yeah. That's the worst part. The bad kid and the divorce didn't come with fans. Fucking punk did. Yeah, and that's unfortunate, you know. Like, they're in a bad situation as a result of that. But, uh, yeah, Ryback, he could have he could have hung around. You know, I think he, he could have done some more. He wanted all the glory, but didn't want to work. Well, good luck with that, buddy. Because these rosters are getting awfully bloated. Well, that, 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 that might get you, like, a CZW audition. I don't know what that'll tell you. Man. Yeah, right. So, as you guys know, we, are, we have been PWG fans since probably the first show when we started doing this years ago. And Malachi Black apparently made an appearance, huh? Let's have oh, a look yeah. at so this. So, I'm telling you, man, some of these guys get out from under that WWE bubble and say, fuck it, I'm going everywhere. <laughs> oh, can we see him here? It's kind of dark. It's Malachi Dark. Oh, there we go. Oh, the lights turn on. There's a, somebody splashed something on them. They got to stop throwing shit. Where is this? Where's this PWG that took place? Let's see if I can find some information. Bandito was there. Super Dragon was there. Wow. But yeah, we're going to get into Punk going into our AEW. That's definitely going to be part of our agenda this week. Sure. Even though we never uh, got the chance to get into it, I mean, talk about Bandito. Congratulations to the new Ring of Honor world champion. Holy shit. Yeah. It's kind of sad. Not a, not a lot of coverage coming from that camp. Not a lot of people. And we don't have the time to cover it. But I noticed no one else is really either. When I look yeah. around, it makes me feel a little less There's bad. There's so much going on. Like, certain stuff, it's hard to fit in anymore. Yeah, exactly. At least not, like, at least when it comes to, like, whole shows. Like. Mm-hmm. So... 
there's been a lot of talent trading, as you guys know. Almost, I don't know why Thunder Rose is on the screen. That's actually a good segue. That was the wrong button, but you know what? There we go. <laughs> good example. This thing has a mind of its own. I literally did not plan that. It's not weird how that always happens in a show, but yeah, there you go. For whatever reason, no idea what that came from. Don't even remember having it there. Don't know where the button came from. Thunder Rosa, good example of talent trading. We now know that she has a full-time contract, and we do now know that it is possible to buy someone out of their contract because she's someone who was a part of the MLW. Her contract got bought, and uh, now she's full-time for AEW, as you saw this past week on Dynamite. WWE had their quarter two 2021 financial earning call with Vince McMahon and Nick Khan. And uh, there's a few concerns from the investors. It's not like they're all completely blind to what's going on here. They are aware of who's who and what's what. So they are aware of some of the releases and they are aware of a lot of some of the acquisitions that AEW has gotten. So Vince McMahon was recently asked what he thought of AEW and their acquisitions and what he thought of them as a company during their earnings call. And uh, this is what he had to say. Well, it's certainly not a situation where rising tide because uh, that was when Ted Turner was coming after us and with all of the Time Warner's assets as well. That was a different situation. Um, AW is, is where they are. I don't really know what their plans are. All I know is what our plans are. I don't consider them a, a competition in the, uh, in the way I would consider WCW back in the day. Not anywhere near close to that. Uh, and... Uh, I'm not so sure what their investments are as far as their talent is concerned, but um, perhaps we can give them some more. Brendan, I, I can add one thing to that if that's okay. This is Nick speaking. Sure. I think the way we always look at these situations, you, you know, we're it's sort of like a horse race where the horse has blinders on. We're looking straight ahead at, at our lane and making sure that we stay in the front of the pack. At the same time, everything is our competition. So someone had a line a couple weeks ago that we all chuckled about and agreed with, sleep is our competition, right? If it was up to us, people could be up 24 hours a day watching content from different content providers, hopefully including ours. So we we don't look at any organization uh, particularly as competition, yet we see everything uh, as competitive with what we're trying to do in terms of eyeballs. So what Vince said there was one of the most... I guess one of the, the well, that's one of the darker things I've ever heard him say, you know? Yeah. It was like straight up evil. He said, we have no idea where their investments are. When, he said, when it comes to talent, we have no idea where their investments are. Perhaps we can give them some more. <laughs> like he basically, okay, huh? he basically is saying, we don't consider them competition. We don't know what direction they're going with the talent that they have. But you know what? Maybe they can take some off of our hands, which basically means he's getting amusement out of the fact that he's releasing all this talent that he doesn't find value in and that uh, they're spending all this money acquiring this talent. And he's done this before. It, it kind of it does, even though it doesn't look like it does. You'd be surprised how effective that can be. You know, this is metal cool all over again. Too much power. You know, you thought you were, <laughs> you thought you were going to be oh taking. My God. <laughs> you thought you were going to be taking. And in the end, they were just giving you too much. That's what his strategy seems to be here. <laughs> so I, I thought it was very interesting that he actually on the fucking conference call. He said he doesn't know where the investment is with talent. Perhaps we can give them some more. And then went on to fire Bray Wyatt. You know what I mean? You don't usually put the A in it. But that's some gangster shit right there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Where it's like, 
he basically said, we don't know what the hell they're doing with talent, but you know what? We could give them some more. And then fired more people. Gary Gong, what's up? And then fired more people. Like what? The, I think that news broke about Bray, what, a couple of days later? Yeah. Like, holy shit. Like, it's like, wouldn't that kind of make you almost a little uncomfortable to be working for Vince? It's like, oh, we'll just hand off some more now like we need it. And it's like, wait a minute, what? But wouldn't it make you a little more comfortable? It made everybody a little bit more comfortable. No, I'm talking about a little bit more uncomfortable. Like, no, I'm saying it made it. Well, I meant to say they made it everyone a little bit more uncomfortable. Yeah, like you're like, holy shit. Like, so, because that's one of those things, like, they always talk about being a family and like being here together. And it's just like, wait a minute, like, cast me off like a prom night dumpster baby. What the fuck? Like, yeah. Like, holy shit. And I guess that's going to be the big story, huh? Yeah. Bray Wyatt, guys. Jesus. Bray Wyatt. Former former Mm -hmm. WWE champion, SmackDown tag champion, two-time Universal champion is gone. Bray Wyatt has been released. In regards to that earning call, which I almost forgot for anyone who's interested in listening to the entire financial earnings call, Vince is on there. Tony Khan. I mean, I'm sorry, not Tony Khan. That'd be hilarious, but Nick Khan's on there. (laughs) Wouldn't that be some shit? (laughs) Wrong Khan. So, yeah. Uh, Bray Wyatt was one of the bigger surprises as somebody who was released from his contract. He's been with them since 2009 when he was Husky Harris back in the Nexus, which, by the way, I want to point out to you guys that I thought it was very interesting that uh, we have an announcer like Wade Barrett in NXT and they don't uh, market him as the first NXT call up. You know what I mean? Yeah, because see, that would involve them acknowledging NXT. Because when you look at it, the Nexus was like the first instance of an NXT call-up. Not only was it the first instance, for most people, if they weren't directly going to WWE.com because it's the only place NXT was, it was embedded onto the website. Like you'd have to watch it in a window on the site, which most people didn't do. So for most people, the Nexus was their first introduction into what NXT meant. They didn't even know that Nexus was almost like a play on the word NXT because they didn't know what it was. It was just people called the Nexus. But when you look at it, that was really the first introduction of the undercard going up like that. Because remember, after the final class of OVW with Cornette, the the the, the ruthless aggression class with uh, what was it, Batista as Leviathan, like John Benjamin, Cena as Prototype, Rico, all those guys. Rock. After that, Shelton Benjamin, Brock Lesnar. After that final OVW class, which by the way, if you look back at it, a great class. But after that OVW class, that's when it became NXT. That's where those call ups came from. And, and uh, yeah. Stasis actually pointed out to me that, uh, and Stasis actually pointed out to me one of the reasons maybe they don't bring attention to it is because if you look at the entire Nexus, where did all of them wind up? Did any of them wind up anywhere good at this point, including Bray? Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, when you look at that original batch of NXT, I think we've even said it to this day Daniel Bryan was the most successful out of that whole group. Daniel Bryan, who's, who's now in AEW. Yeah. Wade David, Barrett would probably be right behind him, though. Wade Barrett's the only one because he's still here. Well, David Otonga, I don't know where he went. Of the remaining ones, yeah, he's the last of the Mohegans. David Otonga. uh, Who else? Carry on uh, shows in AEW now. Well, Paul White's in AEW now. Justin Gabriel. Heath Slater. Yeah, no, no, none of them are still there. Yeah, Big Show is now part of AEW. He he left recently. He let his WWE contract expire, like many others are doing, like the whole theme of today's show is. And he went to AEW. So, well, you know, see, there's see, another see, example. He doesn't know never let my contract expire after the show. No, I'm kidding. But again, <laughs> going back to the original point, maybe Vince is just taking these bloated contracts. L- listen to what he said in that conference call. You know what I mean? 
He said he has no idea what they're doing with talent, but perhaps he can give them some more. Meaning he's going to fire more people so that they can acquire more people because he doesn't care. A long time ago, WWE stopped being about one or two people or about having top guys or middle guys. And it just became more about the brand itself. And that's the thing. And that's where they have AWB. Yeah, they have a better product. Yeah, they have New Japan. Yeah, the storylines and stuff. And I and again, I say better with quotes because I don't always agree with that. Yeah, they have better stories sometimes and stuff going on. But people are going to watch WWE for the brand recognition. It's like the NFL or the NHL or the NBA. That's considered the major leagues of wrestling. And there's no way to undo that. It's hard to do. And really, when you look at it historically, when has it ever been done with anything? When was the last time that there was a major sport and you can look at it in your lifetime and say, we used to watch this, but now we watch this. When it comes to stuff like basketball, baseball, football, it's just it's unfortunate, but really a brand when it comes to physical stuff and sports and contact sports, it's it's probably one of the most important things in the world. It's one of the reasons why EA Sports as a game company became so dominant. Because they bought the licensing for the players and the stadiums and all that shit. And people want that organic. on just that name for Exactly. It doesn't matter if your games develop better. Because people can go, you know, people can look at that. And they can just get the better simulation experience, even if it's not the better game. A lot of the other brands flopped because they didn't have the rights to have the player names. And that alone killed them. And yet, Cabigon is right. Boxing is the one thing that uh, it didn't stick to any traditional promotion. And it also is the one thing that fell apart. Like, boxing doesn't no, really come, have, come like... On come on, they, they have Nate Robinson and Logan Paul. They're doing just fine. Like, we used to talk about boxing regularly on here. And it's like, it's not that we don't like boxing, but boxing lost all of its stability and started focusing more on the celebrities because of uh, the fact that they don't... We always complain on here about the fact that boxing needs to be under one good umbrella. You know, and uh, unfortunately, like they don't have that. I fucking championships. Like, it's just... Like the unfortunate for boxing thing. fans, they don't even get to have the arguments or discussions that we have about oh AEW's good, New Japan's good, WWE sucks because there's not really like a they don't have that landscape or that structure to navigate through, or even like with Nobody gaming knows consoles what's what anymore. They just you know, know boxing, you know, or even like with gaming consoles, you could be a Nintendo or a Microsoft, or whatever. It's like no, with it, with boxing, it's all over the place. Which they need to at least have some sort of a structure. Even even in mixed martial arts, there's at least some kind of stability. You can be like, hey, UFC's better than Bellator. Bellator's better than UFC. You can even go as far as stuff like Lion Fight and Titan Fight. There's different. There's at least some kind of like a structure or like separation there. Yeah, but what? But what? Uh, on Titus, I don't know. Um, question: If Titus is still there at this point, if he is, he's probably an ambassador or some shit. Yeah, yeah, you know? he, yeah. He, he's still there, but he's just an ambassador. But what WWE is doing right now, releasing all these guys, feels like a flex because they're kind of showing that, yeah, they're a competition on TNT. And yeah, AEW is, is, is growing into something big and new and different. But we don't think that we're really letting guys go that we give a fuck about. In the case of Bray Wyatt, which we should, get, we should finish going through all of his stuff before we continue to analyze the company. So apparently, as you know, he started Husky Harris. Uh, yeah. And then the fact that, like they said on this report, they even brought up that Vince just teased at that, at that conference meeting. He said, you know, we don't know what their motivations are as far as talent goes, but perhaps we could give them some more. A couple days later, Bray Wyatt's released. Apparently, Bray Wyatt was told by John Laurinaitis that his release was due to quote unquote guess. Budget fucking cuts. Budget cuts again. We, it, I love how from, we went from COVID to COVID to budget cut to budget cut. Now, how many times it's like a weekly release thing here? Um, the rumor of being bought by Fox or by Disney or by whoever the hell's buying them is is looking more swollen than I have ever seen as far as that. And if they're not, maybe this is just a flex. But John Laurinaitis said Bray Wyatt release due to budget cuts. 
The reports going around are that he was out for medical reasons and he just got medically cleared. We don't know if the medical reasons were mental or physical, though, just to be clear, since we heard the rumors about that. They said that he that when he got cleared, they evaluated the situation. and He was um, told that he was cut due to the budget and that uh, apparently he's another high contract guy, which they don't want to keep high contract guys anymore. And uh, also they were saying that there's a speculation about concerns about there being medical reasons and uh, also not being able to justify his salary. And just to add to that, Jojo Offerman, who was his who was his wife, I believe, she was released quietly within the past six to eight months, which really comes as no surprise since she was an announcer and she had been off the map for, what, two years now? If not more, probably yeah, even more than that. Forever. Yeah. You know, so this is, this is all the information that is coming in. Uh, well, Disney owns Fox, and, and Fox right now is a big part, Cabigon, of WWE when you look at it because SmackDown has that contract. SmackDown wasn't always on Fox. That's pretty recent. You know, and it's like SmackDown's a big, in, uh, like Fox is a big investor right now because of the fact that they have SmackDown, which is the biggest weekly show. May not be the longest running, but as far as the ratings, the biggest weekly, which is the reason why you're seeing all these shifts because the Fox deal gave them a lot of money. So they're able to, they don't really need to, and that's the fucked up part because with the, with the Fox money that they have now, they don't need to fire everybody. This is restructuring. And because, that's what makes the whole budget cut excuse even more annoying it's like wait a minute you don't need to cut for budgets <laughs> what did we first say when we found out that fox got SmackDown? we were like now there's no more fucking around they got to bring their best game you can't put bullshit on there like this is they're going to be watching this product and when you look at it smackdown didn't i say it throughout this whole thing even the pandemic smackdown has been good think about that it's like i said last week raw point, when i think of ratings i don't even count smackdown anymore raw on usa has been bad yeah, Raw and USA has been bad, but think about it. Don't we always go, you know, SmackDown? And it doesn't matter who's on which roster. The SmackDown shows always come out better. And it's like they came correct for Fox, and, and, and NBC slash USA Network got fucked in this deal so far. I'm not saying this Fox oh, not yeah. getting screwed, too, but they're definitely bringing their best shit for SmackDown. And, when, and, and it's to the point where when SmackDown's bad, mm-hmm. it's kind of surprising. When, yeah. Raw, it, when Raw is shit, that's just a normal day in the office. But with SmackDown bad, it's kind of like, mm, yeah, this is a weird, this is weird, this is bad SmackDown this week. We don't say that often because it doesn't happen often. Yeah, so a lot of the stuff you're Smackdown, seeing. Some days is better than some of the best Raws. <laughs> yeah. And Sean, and Sean uh, Ross Sapp of Fightful said that uh, apparently that they said that they were passing, creative was passing things Bray Wyatt's way that he wasn't keen on and that he, was, he wasn't receptive to the stuff that they were writing for his character. And they, there were reports going on that he was becoming protective of his character and, and of the ideas that they were coming up with. And uh, really, at the end of the day, you really can't blame him because unlike a lot of other people in WWE, Bray Wyatt and the character, Bray Wyatt, the Fiend, all of the things, the transformations, that's all stuff that he worked really fucking hard on. Yeah, exactly. And well, that was one of my biggest issues. And I know Brian Alvarez had an issue with it as well with WrestleMania. How is it we have a guy go from Seth has to stomp him about three dozen times and then three extra on a Sunday to Randy Orton beats him with one RKO? Yeah. And then like, you sort of bad book. That's red. a continuity you don't break. And the red light so and like, everything. Yeah, you're going to cre- get creative when you're, of your character when they're just deliberately screwing it over. Yeah. Which it's like it, it was a, it was a ridiculous aspect to the fiend, but it was one of the coolest aspects of the fact that you almost couldn't do anything to him. There was a cool aspect to every version of him. I don't know how they managed to Everything fuck up over and over and over again. Amazing. Like, like it, the, it, what's so bad about it is everything 
Bray has ever done has been fantastic. But the second it starts going wrong, you can tell that somebody else is putting their freaking fingers in the cookie bowl. There's literally no reason why every version that they've come up with of the Bray Wyatt character couldn't have gone to the top, and they literally just didn't. Every like, version never... of, Bray should, of Bray Wyatt should have been world champion. <laughs> like, I they'll still, never to day, be able... For that little half-ass WWE title run they gave him when he won it at the chamber and then lost it to Orton like a month later. Do they understand? And I remember when I first saw Bray Wyatt's intro, I was thinking to myself, wow, they are so lucky because we're out of the era of The Undertaker where you don't really have a guy around like that anymore. When you really look at The Undertaker, that whole shit is cool. The intro, everything, that it, it's like the whole packaging of The Undertaker. That's once in a lifetime. And I was thinking how lucky that they have a guy like Bray, that he has this diverse character. And it's the same thing where when the lights cut out and shit, all the fans are using their phone their phone uh, lights and they're, they're swaying. Like, they are never going to be able to do that again. Like, it's, they needed somebody to sit with them. And tell them this. Like, look, if you do this, you are never going to have any of this again. You are now a company that can never have the Wyatt family again. It's impossible now. You're never going to be able to do that intro. We'll never hear that music again or see that reaction from the fans. And to double down on that, you'll never see anything with the Shield again. You managed to destroy the only good stables that you made in the last, like, 10 to 15 years of wrestling. It almost makes all the writing that they did not worth it. You know what I mean? As much as I hate to say yeah. that, but like imagine if somebody was writing like the Ninja Turtles, right? And you got it for one season. And at the end of your one season, all four of them were dead. But you had Casey Jones, Usagi Yojimbo. Um, I don't know. I can't even think of other characters I would like that much to put in there. Maybe that'll just be it. And you were still talking to me about how good it is. I'd be like, fuck you, Destin. You killed off Donatello and Michelangelo in one, in one issue. <laughs> don't talk to me about Casey Jones and Usagi Yojimbo. <laughs> i'm still trying to get over the shock of what you did here that's sort of how i'm looking at this where it's like yeah this company's working and yeah they're, they're doing good with the budgets and everything there are people that are gone forever that actually made it cool that made it fun that had good music and good intros and shit and they're fucking dead yeah like that's <laughs> that that's why it's gonna, that's also the realistic aspect of it when we talked about last week how this fans who cheer for goals were statistically goldberg's over at this point with this company, their statistics don't mean shit because they do such stupid shit that piss off the true wrestling fans. Yeah, every, some guys can have a chant. Yeah, some guys can have cool pyro. You had Bray Wyatt to wear. That motherfucker could talk about dusting the fucking dust bunnies in the corner of a room, and it would be the best promo you heard all year because he threw himself into his entire character. Yeah, and the more he threw himself into that. I remember when Bray Wyatt would feud with just any random person. The promos were my favorite parts, not even the fucking matches. It was the promos leading up to stuff. And I'm wondering, like, because errors come and go. Like, when another error comes, right? Like, what awesome shit will there be to go back to? Hmm. You know, like, we can't go back and be like, oh, shit, remember this? Like, the Wyatts aren't going to be here. You know, there's no way. Like, it's just there's no way for them to go back. They can't pass reference. It's kind of like if what Stasis is saying about the Nexus is true, they're not going to pass reference it because everything's gone and clear from it. Well, then what the fuck's going to happen now? That's what we could say about literally almost the entire era of past guys. Whatever you want to call that thing right. after the Ruthless Aggression, almost all of it's gone. We almost just have the Ruthless Aggression era, guys, again. After all this time, after all that development, we wound up with the fucking Ruthless Aggression guys, the Jim Cornette guys that they criticized in the first fucking place. <laughs> 
because they like John Cena and Batista and Brock Lesnar and Shelton Benjamin. It's like we have fucking and 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 Bobby Lashley. We have the fucking ruthless aggression guys around all over again. Just fucking bring the old pay per views back. Fuck it. Let's go full blown with it. It's Unbelievable. Just, it makes sense. Like that was a guy where I said a thousand times. There is no reason in the world Bray Wyatt should not have had a thousand times more success than he did because he worked for it. He damn sure deserved it. Like it. Yeah. It doesn't make sense. It will never make sense. It's just another case of the fact that they can have their brand. They can have all their money on this shit. At the end of the day, there's certain shit that they do not know how to do. And budget cuts ain't going to make you better at it. These so-called big moments they're bringing back isn't going to make any difference. Their fucking shitty network's not going to fix that. Like for God's sake, I, I, I took a... I don't know why it popped back up on my YouTube. I fucking watched The Fiend's first match at SummerSlam. And I remember when we did the post-show talking about how crazy the fiend's entrance was and then just sit there and think they didn't come up with that fucking entrance they didn't decide hey let's have bray's head as the fucking lantern no that was bray they can call it budget cuts but at the end of the day i just think they don't like the fact that they can't just tell bray what to do and have it work the same way bray got protective of his character because bray knows good and well they don't know that character like he does Wyndham rotunda knows they don't know bray wyatt and the fiend like he knows bray wyatt and the fucking fiend and now he gets to go take that genius somewhere else. I don't know where. It doesn't matter where. But at the end of the day, he's going to get to take that somewhere else and guarantee get to run miles with it without having to worry somebody else is sticking their nose in it. Like, how, yeah. how do you fuck that up? Yeah, they definitely blew it with him. And, uh, yeah, that we, we don't know exactly what their intentions were as far as when they got rid of him or how long this had been going on. This caused a lot of issues, though. As far as they said that uh, there was frustration between him and the creative team, that's like everybody else who doesn't like the shitty writing going on. You, you're hiring a bunch of people who. We hear that same thing with everybody who leaves. You're, you're hiring a bunch of people who do sitcoms and who do soaps to do Raw. I mean, if you're not going to hire past wrestlers, which is what I think you should do, then why don't you hire comic book writers? Raw comes off more close to a live action comic book than it has ever come to a fucking soap opera or a sitcom. It literally has all of the bullet points of a comic book with the good versus evil, the bad guys turning good, sometimes the good guys turning bad, the way heroes have to sometimes have unusual team ups and shit. Like literally, why are you not using comic book writers? I will never fucking understand that. Most of the time when things got over, it was because it was comic inspired. Yeah, so you got every time you, every time you're gonna keep saying budget cuts. I mean, hey, if they want to use that bullshit excuse, I can too. They're the equivalent of the person who's always late to work because their Lyft driver is never on time. Why the fuck are you still using Lyft? Eventually, that budget cut thing is gonna start running out of steam. So then Alexa Bliss tweeted after he got released, and she said, I really am at a loss for words. Thank you so much, Wyndham, for everything you've done for this company. The most fun I've had is working with you. Such an amazing talent and the most kind person. I'm just in shock. And then she put her entire accounts of everything she does private. Probably because of the fact that the, the fucking distraughtness of her friend getting fucked over like that. And then the fact that immediately the internet turned on her and everybody started fucking wishing her death and shit. And they started hating her because everyone's accusing her of stealing his career and stealing his job and destroying Bray Wyatt and everything. Like if the fucking girl had some sort of agenda against this guy and had any control whatsoever even. You think that they called her first? Like, you really you don't think she read I'm it? Saying? She read it on Twitter like everybody. I'm pretty sure that the shock was literally the way you scrolled past it. You really, you, you think that there's like some inner cult and that these people are all like, get the fuck out of here. She had no idea. You see what I'm saying about those diehards 
those fans that statistically determine somebody's over, it's those same fuckers. And since I'm, so and since I'm sure she had to work, and since I'm sure she had to work really close with this guy in order to be able to pull that gimmick yeah. off, good job like to like. Maybe she just first of all, that just tells you something about Bray that Bray trusted her enough to try that with her, and then the fact that oh, she just happened to enjoy working with him because hey, Bray's fun to work with. It's only in the Anybody, wrestling world. Wrestler I've ever heard talk about him always talks about how nice he is and how much fun he is, how, how fun he is to do stuff with. It's, on, it's only in the wrestling world that the fans can take someone who probably already feels like shit about the situation and make them feel a thousand times worse. Because I'm sure that that was actually a friend of hers, you know, and then it's kind of yeah. like that must feel Those like shit already. Really Leave it to idea. them to be able to bombard more shit on you. Like, that's only the wrestling community to be able to. But anyway, now her stuff is private. As if fucking Alexa Bliss released him, right? Yeah, you know, it's crazy. So so there's a double down there because everybody's paying for it except the people responsible because she didn't do anything. That's crazy. She just happened to be good at the gimmick. Like, geez, So then after WWE, you know, he did come up with the character and he did do this in a time when they don't even have any good writing and they have nothing going on and they're the most generic company. He was coming up with all of that. So then uh, they did their generic thing. They put out their tweet. What does it usually say? We we wish you well on your future, future endeavors. Endeavor, blah, 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 blah. Budget cuts, WWE Network, 999. Me, me, me. Yeah. So then Mickey James Probably tweets. Quote the fucking quote. Mickey oh, James tweets. My, my and she goes, I think what you meant to say was thank you so much for coming up with such an incredible gimmick time and time again. One so cool over, over and over. We really didn't know how to book right. So we just gave it to someone else so we can still make all the money off of it and let you go. And then she went on yes, to follow it up with a yes. with a with another tweet where she said, "This isn't against Alexa. I love her. She's an incredible performer who is killing it in the role she was given. She always does. We we as artists take every role we are given and turn it into gold. He, she, they both did that. Like it not. Facts are facts. So sorry if this offends you. I'm so, gonna try to cancel you, Mickey. Be careful. Yeah. And Alexa, what are your thoughts as far as Alexa Bliss maintaining that character now that uh now that there is no more fiend? Oh man! See, I mean, at this point, she's like I, I've always enjoyed her doing this character because it's such a detachment from what she's always been before. In fact, when we get to Raw, she actually did—I don't know if you caught it—but there was a slight tribute to the Fiend during her promo. But um, I yeah, I I don't I it's first of all, I don't trust them to write her out of it and get her back to normal. I would have trusted it more if Bray was still here. But I mean, I don't mind it. It's different. It's kind of weird. It's still weird the way she's manifesting this character but i haven't had an issue with it so far it's one of the few parts of raw i seem to consistently enjoy now but yeah i think she does a really good job when it comes to the character you know yeah it's like su- I said. especially because it's such a detachment from what we've seen her do before like she does demented amazing yeah i liked her better than regular alexa bliss like i always thought but i told you guys when i saw her transform like i was like you know what the worst thing that can happen will be if uh he if she runs away with his with his character you know and i mean you got to look at it from this perspective if you were to do like if joker was to get killed off by dc is everybody going to be like well fuck harley quinn because you know harley quinn if it hadn't been the fact that she had first been with joker then there'd be no harley quinn and now he's gone so fuck her too that's literally what the sangle is when you look at like yeah i liked them both and i thought that the thing was cool storyline they released him and that sucks because really he is the one who came up with all of it 
but you would still want to have Harley Quinn without Joker anyway. As a matter of fact, most people do. So the point is, I think Alexa, in a lot of ways, the character suits her even without Bray. You know what I mean? Exactly. Kind of like the way Bray just sucks. That Bray just got casted to the side. Yeah, kind of like the way Harley Quinn is able to uh, have that. You know what I mean? Like the same way that Harley Quinn is able to have that that situation of being solo. She works every aspect of the character well enough to where it's like she can like her character became almost an extension of the fiend. So when the fiend was gone, he was still here in some kind of in some kind of way, shape, or form. Yeah. So whether it be whether it be the teleporting, that new finisher, I believe she called it Sister Bliss, like just different different things and aspects where it keeps at least some a piece of the fiend still there. It's just unfortunate that because of their as they put it, budget cuts. We didn't get to see more of them together. Yeah, yeah, that does suck. And uh, it turned out shitty. I, I'm not going to say that I wouldn't. I'd like it this way, you know. But this was definitely not the ideal scenario. No, not at all. But I'm not going to blame her either. I yeah, thought that this, was this the funniest part at all. Yeah, like I said, that's what the like, that, like, that to me was the funniest her, you're part. A fucking idiot. <laughs> yeah, and she pulled that character off, and then we were like, they should have given it to somebody else because she was fine as what she was. How do you know somebody else would have been able to pull that off? You know, who are they going to give it to? Tamina, because she's so great with her lines. Who are you going to give it to? Eva Marie, because she's good at shit. Eva Marie's actually good at, at at that role that they gave her. I don't mind it. You don't like her in Dewdrop? Dewdrop. Makes me ill. Dewdrop. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Put that bitch through about 10 tables. I'll fucking enjoy that. That was just another case of them bullshitting. I'm telling you, the second I saw her get into a ring and do one move, I was like, yep, bullshit. <laughs> don't ask me why i took that so personally but once they said nothing but manager i was like okay i will tolerate nothing but manager why the fuck is she in the ring and another thing well since we brought up harley quinn as the alexa bliss comparison before she had her demon powers and all that other shit she got from bray she had already been conveying aspects of harley quinn and dressing like harley quinn and doing things of yeah, that when nature she first and came I- up to the main roster that's when she um dyed her hair yeah so i kind of feel like just the demon stuff from bray help solidify that and it just made it work better you know but that's the way wrestling works though yeah it's like let's not forget like when you look at the rock for example he uses the sharpshooter as a submission move but you always forget that the sharpshooter became his move because at survivor series 98 i believe it was which was the year after the brett screw job they did the same thing to mick foley except it was a work instead of a shoot he put him in the sharpshooter and then they rang the bell and it was revealed that the rock was really a heel and that mick foley was not the fucking son that vince always wanted or all that other bullshit remember that but ever since the rock yet kept the sharpshooter it became like another dimension of his character no one said well because brett's not here or whatever you're not going to have the sharpshooter or like the Miz using the figure four because Ric Flair gave it to him. Or whatever. There's different aspects of the character. So because she's she's not supposed to be the demon anymore, have demon abilities because Bray got fired? Like, what, what, how do we please the fans that are angry at her for still existing? That's such a strange You're logic to have. Off. I don't think shut the fuck up, man. Oh, my God. So, so Braun tweeted, Brother, I'm waiting. Brother, da, 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 da. <laughs> Code Orange tweeted, and they said, "Got John the next one, Bray Wyatt." Oh yeah, because uh, Code Orange was the band that did the Fiend's music. Looking to see if there was any more good tweets here. Where you got the Mickey James one? Might be my favorite. See, they fucked up sending her her shit in the trash bag. A lot of people are saying that that Bray's relationship with Vince McMahon might also be the reason they said it ran very hot and cold at times. Ah. Uh, and there was a, so it had something to do with that. 
And they said that, uh, like I told you before, he was getting protective of his character. And uh, because he saw them as poor creative decisions being thrown at him. And then apparently a lot of the members of the team didn't even really speak to him directly about this. He went on to tweet something about the cult of Wyndham, which I guess is what he's working on next. So who knows what that's going to be. But I'll just point out that they fired the whole family because IRS got fired from the office. Bo's gone. Bray's gone. Jojo's gone. They got rid of the entire Rotunda family from WWE. That's impressive, I have to say. That's a lot of budget cuts. This is like the worst firings we've seen since shit like Konami. <laughs> when you look at it, or, or like this, and like, those weren't even budget cuts. Like this is like some high level shit right now. No. So this is where the fun comes in because according to Matt Men Pro Wrestling, they were saying that Fox and USA are both frustrated right now about this. So as much as we're saying, well, maybe this is because they're going to be purchased, well, then this isn't the way to go about it. Because USA Network and Fox are both very disappointed about Bray Wyatt being released from the company. People see them as just some overseers who are just up in these towers looking down at these brand names, just at the logos and not really aware. Like, you don't think they know? You don't think Fox knows who Bray Wyatt is? They know who fucking Tony Stark is. (laughs) You know what I mean? They're going to know who Bray Wyatt... Like, it's not like these are obscure references to them. So the way we're on here talking about it, you bet your ass there's somebody at Fox who's like, what the hell's going on over there? They put money into this. You don't think if you put money into something, you're going to wonder what happened? You're just going to sit there and hope that it turned out okay? Wait, 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 wait. Y'all got rid of the fiend. Really? No, I was pissed off. No, there's people at Fox pissed. This is the, they bought the... Remember, when they bought the company, they had to look into what the company had and what it was doing. And at the time, these are things that it's doing that it's not now. Of course they're fucking pissed. I don't even understand the logic of doing that for, for budgets or whatever. And they said that uh, apparently um, Andrew Zarian from Matt Men, he, he, he had a statement where he said that he speaks to many of the network executives weekly. And that most aren't really big wrestling fans. They don't really know what's happening on TV on the weeklies, but they do know the names. And that Bray was a name that everybody knew. So you see what I mean? Like, why are they doing this? And then if all these guys do wind up in AEW, and honestly, getting rid of names like Big Show and Mark Henry and all of the guys who wind up in AEW, that shows that they don't give a fuck what your notoriety is. Those guys are gone. Which also shows they live in their own little fucking bubble and they need to get out of that shit and get into reality with the rest of us. Because they can say all day long they don't care and they'll be able to give up talent. That's some shit that'll bite you in the ass in the future if you ain't careful. I mean, it bit them in the ass back when there was a WCW. Is AEW the rebirth of WCW? That I don't know. We don't know. Too early, way too early to tell, that's for sure. There's definitely a lot of signs, both for and against it. But just in case, there might be a mystery here that we can solve. Because there are reports coming in from Dave Melser, Wrestling Observer Radio, that are basically saying that uh, they want to bring back Braun Strowman but not with that $1.2 million per year deal that he had. They want to have him back at a lower price. This could be, which is still a risk, which we'll still wonder why they would do it this way. This could literally be them doing that, taking the bigger budget contracts, releasing them from the contracts, and then rehiring them cheaper, which I don't guess, I guess there's not a law against, because guess what? How many times have we said on here, wrestling has no unionization, so they, why, why wouldn't they be able to just fire you and just hire you back for less fucking money? Wow. What happened to Andrew Yang, who was going to do all this stuff? Where the fuck's he at? I noticed now that he lost his, his voting race and all that other stuff. Where's Andrew Yang, who was going to take care of all of this? 
that remember that Democrat everybody had faith in? You guys put a lot of faith in the Democrats this term. And not for nothing, but ever since we've seen that that party shift over, I haven't seen fuck all. And I'm not going to get political this year like I did last year. But where's all that Democrat shit that was supposed to happen? All that Democratic pixie dust that was supposed to be spread all over the fucking world? How come things didn't just automatically turn back to normal? Shit. They thought that shit was going to be like in Power Rangers in space when they had to destroy Zordon's casing and then the, and then the energy went all over the world and purified all the evil. Pew! All of a sudden you just see all the criminals. <laughs> like, what happened? Oh my God. How come everybody's still fired and dying? What happened? Still fired and dying. Write it down. Damn, I'm proud. I got to write that one down. Holy shit. Yeah, right? I didn't want to have, uh, uh, have a birthday episode called Fired and Dying. <laughs> Yo... I just caught that. <laughs> Damn. You, you, you'll definitely get more clicks, that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, it's fucking day show, but not for the reason I want to. Yeah, for those who are new, it's my birthday. Yay. It's been amazing so far. I'll say that. I'm my motherfucker get fired on my birthday. Isn't that a bitch? But no, I'm kidding. <laughs> so they want to they wanna have these guys get fired and then bring them back for less money. And since they don't have a union, there's literally nothing stopping them from this act. Except for the guy just saying, no, with Ron, come on now, don't do that to yourself. So many people are getting away with murder here, man. I've never seen anything like this before. Like, this is nuts. Unreal. And the fun doesn't end there when it comes to releases. And I really thought that it would. But believe it or not, Rick Flair. I think it's the one we just heard earlier. Rick Flair was released. Right. Now, this one was a little different, though, because he asked to be released yeah like this one was slightly different from the other one this was almost like a holy fuck yes that one is crazy like rick flair i'm looking you know here is, i almost can't act like 10 years ago we didn't see that motherfucker wound with jay lethal and tna yeah they're saying that according to wrestling inc he asked for his release um he was frustrated with the booking decisions and the writing on the show he contacted vince directly and he voiced issues believe, and asked for his uh, release. Right, right after the Lazy Evans storyline. Because he was not comfortable with that story. See, he's not one of these 20-year-old kids who has to wait outside of Vince's office. Like Mike Bennett said that Mike Bennett got angry today. He was talking on Twitter arguing against everybody. All the WWE fans attacked yeah. Mike Bennett because he was talking he, he about was talking Vince. About the fact, what did he say? He had to wait two and a half hours outside of Vince's office just for, him to be, just for him to be like, oh, I ain't got time to talk to you. Yeah, he said Vince is a big child. He said he made me wait one time outside his office for two and a half hours just to come on and be like he doesn't have any time. Whatever, you know. Then there's some people say that Mike and Maria are, are bitter and that they left the company bitter. And you know how the WWE enthusiasts attacked them all over social media and it went back and forth. I don't know. But the point See, being that Rick Flair... You're way nicer than me. Rick Flair is an older veteran. He has better access. And he just basically said, look, I don't want to be here anymore. Which is funny. He asked for his release and got it granted. It's crazy because, like, Charlotte's still there. You know? That's not good. <laughs> and then there's awkward situations, too. Like, I'm hearing stuff like... Like, a lot of the time, like, wasn't Zelina Vega backstage at AEW? Yeah. Isn't that strange that we have these two companies where, like, the girls, the wives that are on the other company will not be backstage in the locker room of the other company? And it's like, you know, in AEW, that's fine because it's every great day. They're like, hey, what's up? They must come in and offer you stuff, food and shit, whatever. All they see is the spouse of one of their talents. Yeah, wonder what that's like in the other company. sitting there like, it's a fucking spy. Remember when Melina tried to come back with Morrison, like, like the week after they released her and they just let, they escorted her out of the locker room? You know what the funny thing about it is something similar almost happened at Lucha Underground. She showed up at the first Ultimate Lucha and we never saw her again. I'm pretty sure Ty was in the picture by that time, but it made him. Yeah, crazy stuff. But yeah, apparently Ric Flair 
didn't like being part of the company. He might wind up in AEW too. I mean, they got Tilly and Arn, so they got two. They they almost got them all. We have we played the AEW game, and there's a new one that's going to be coming out. Like they getting like this is crazy. This is nuts. It's developing with them. Like them, like like what they do, booking wise or not. Shit is popping off with them. People heard what Conan said. But in that same quarterly earnings report, where they talked about not giving a fuck too much about AEW, they also reported that the revenue is up nineteen percent. We saw them increase to two hundred sixty-five point six million with a forty-two point two million extra profit from the previous year's period, my friend. Operating income was forty-six point three million. By demographic, the way you broke it. No, operating income was forty-six point three million, a decrease of seventeen percent or nine point four million. So, uh, the number included eight point one million in severance expenses that they paid out during the several waves of firings. You see how that works now? You see? I told you that you could figure it out if you put all the breadcrumbs together. The digital or video views also increased to a record 11.2 billion. 11.2 billion digital video views, which I'm assuming counts YouTube hits and things of that nature. Increase of 13% hours consumed by fans streaming WWE content. Reached 394 million. An increase of 5% across all digital and social platforms, which means if you watch them on Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Peacock, anything. You contributed to that number. Congratulations, fans. You did it. Nah, I'm not blaming you. We all did it. No, y'all on Peacock did it. So what are your thoughts on this? They fired a bunch of people. They got rid of a bunch of talent. And then at the end of that meeting, they all of those wonderful numbers and success comes out in the investor call. Oh, my God. Lord Jesus. Thanks, Roman. I mean, yeah, it... It's always good to see the success. It just sucks when you fucking cut good soldiers down to get to it. Because like I've been on that receiving end where it's just like, oh, okay, some people gotta go. Chop. It's like, what the fuck? A qu- quest, on, quest on Facebook asked if and they use you know, he he didn't ask, he said and they're using our money to have Goldberg back. It fuck exactly. <laughs> yeah, it does suck when you look at it that way. Oh boy. What can I say, man? All right. Well, moving along a little bit because we're probably quite not quite done. But uh, it was reported that uh, is it J.J. Williams from F4W Online yeah. that basically. So he tweeted this out. He works for the Dirt Sheets, by the way. T- tweets out Dirt Sheet Podcast, whatever you want to call it. This point is indistinguishable. But uh, it was for F4W Online. He said, last week I was singled out and removed from the TV taping. Due to this is an NXT, by the way, I was removed from the TV taping due to my association with with F4W. Security took pictures of my ID, had me delete the photos from my phone, and escorted me off the property. My time and devotion will no longer be given to their company going forward. It was never my intention to be a problem or cause any issues from for the promotion. None of my tweets were on the number yet i was told my social media was being monitored a majority of those in attendance including media representatives were sharing results with no consequences after purchasing tickets and attending events since 2014 this obviously hurts all i ever wanted to do was encourage the talent and share my enjoyment of this show and genre despite this chapter closing i still wish all my friends who worked at the greatest success possible um if we ever had any problems in the past or you just don't care for me, please know that I hold no grudges or ill will towards anyone. I truly love re- watching wrestling, talking, learning everything possible about wrestling, and that one I change. Thank you for reading. Thoughts? What do you think? Through a guy out of NXT. We are NXT. From the inside and outside. 
Damn. You know, that's the only place is the place where like you can just be existing and get thrown out. But then again, I guess after the one in this year, guys, spoiled fucking Keith Lee winning the title. I guess they just ain't taking no kind of chances no more. I heard rumors that he's one of the people that stooges off spoilers to Melser, and NXT was taped, and that they're really sick of Melser people, so that they just kicked them out. Could be. And if if that's the case. Do you, what side do you fall on? Because I've seen both sides in comments of people who are like, oh, WWE always having to flex their mouth. And I've seen people who are like, yeah, fuck, I'm another mouse stu- stooge, basically always spoiling the thing and they kicked him out like he deserved. What side are you? So there's, I see it on both ends. There's sometimes where, like, kind of like we talked about earlier, it sucks when you see some of the people who leak stuff out there, it gets spoiled and it's like, man, that would have been fucking great to see. But then again, at the same time, that can work the other way around, though. Because if you know something's going to happen, sometimes you want to see it happen in person. One of the things, one of the cases I saw with that is uh, when Ciampa beat uh, beat Black for the NXT Championship. I heard about that happening like three weeks before it happened. When I tell you I didn't miss an NXT till I saw it happen. Because sometimes even knowing it, you still want to experience it. But at the same time, there are those fans out there. They don't even want to know the shit happens. Because unfortunately, one of the things that's been lost in the the wrestling world is kind of the element of surprise. That shock factor. It's not there like it used to be because of some stuff like that. So I can kind of understand it from both ends, honestly. In my entire experience doing this, and in the 10 years prior to doing this, where I would just read their cheats and not need to report anything or make a program out of this, Never once clicked the spoiler to this very day on my life. Never one time have ever, ever, ever clicked read through a spoiler my entire life on here. Um, I will give credit to the dirt sheets for saying this. That's one thing that they're really good about is the fact that spoilers are usually labeled as a completely different link and article. It won't just be masquerading in the regular news where you could whoops right into it. Spoilers are always a completely different link. It's always in boils, a spoiler alert, and all kinds of shit. When I have seen them, it's been easy to scroll past. And whenever people have asked me why, they think it's kind of weird that we have a program like this and we're watching it and we care about spoilers, and it was kind of like, you know what? I kind of feel like that's really all we have. At at the very least, if the product's going to suck, and if I have to sit there for what I feel is an extended amount of time watching sometimes good stuff, but sometimes questionable stuff, the only thing that you really can take solace in is at least not fucking knowing what it is. Well, like, if you're not going to be surprised, then at that point, what else is there? You know what I mean? Like, take the product that you have that's as dry and toasty as it is right now, Now, imagine watching it already knowing every cover, pin, interference, heel turn and shit that's going to happen. It's already a lot of the time boring enough with that shit. Now you're literally just killing yourself. If you're going to literally go into it knowing the finish to everything. I've heard Jim Ross talk in interviews about that. And he hates that shit, too. He doesn't like to be smartened up before any of that. Like, who the fuck would want to have to go through that? Imagine going through three, four hours of content. And with our case, sometimes nine to 10 to 15 hours worth of content. And you know what's going to happen at the content that you're watching? Fuck that. So for me, it's always been a thing where I don't really have an opinion on spoilers because I'm never affected by the reported spoilers because I don't really read anything. And like I've always told you, and, and you guys know this, most of the time when I leave here at the end of this show, I leave here. I don't come back and look at wrestling or deal with Talk Brunch Live stuff the following day and most of the week if i do other content it's not wrestling based and i don't check the dirt sheets or read anything 
So I get where they're coming from, but I kind of feel like if I'm able to do a show like this and I just don't get spoiled, then spoilers are very avoidable. And even if somebody oh, yeah, wanted to I, spoil you, like, what are they going to spoil that would be relevant in a lot of cases? They'd have to, you know what I mean? It's just strange that, that that's a, a thing. But apparently this guy was stooging stuff off. And after he wrote that story, um, Tony Khan replied underneath it. And he said, see you at AEW Dynamite Homecoming, JJ. We're looking forward to your visit. So I guess Tony Khan even yeah, takes I'll dirt sheet guys away. We'll take your talent and your dirt sheets. Oh, yeah, I guess JJ will now be doing Dynamite coverage instead of NXT coverage. <laughs> like, they even take the dirt sheet guy. That's that's some shit I haven't seen before. That's a new one. We took your dirt. We took your scooper. <laughs> so this is... <laughs> we took your scooper and put in our Say powder. Well, yeah, CM Punk's already confirmed, which, by the way, guys, if it wasn't clarified by the time last episode went off the air, it is confirmed that he has signed the contract with AEW. Yeah, it's just a matter of where he shows up. Yeah, which is... Which, I mean, considering what happened on Dynamite, they might be revving for all that. All right. So, apparently, plans have come up. In regards to what WWE is going to be, how AEW uh, and WWE are going to be handling the next lockdown. Yeah, that was morbid, right, motherfuckers? I bet you all heard that and your hearts went into <laughs> your throat. going to be some smooth transition? Nah, bro. Nope. Nope, that's what it is. I'm just going to throw it out there. We're going to get into how we're going to be handling lockdown, too. If it hasn't hit you yet, and if you think that, uh, well, you know what? I'm not going to get political on here. We're just going to talk about... so. The plan here is that uh, AEWs will go back to the Daily's place and run all their shows from there. And that when it comes to WWE, they're looking at six or seven buildings that they could possibly bounce around if things get closed down a little bit. They would be able to tour, but more controlled touring. They just had the tour still. What are your thoughts of Lockdown 2? I like the boo, though. <laughs> I just kind of love how AEW is already like, okay, so we're going to go back to that one building. That one building. WWE is like, okay, so what we're going to do is we're going to bounce between these buildings so we can still technically tour. And my first thought when I hear this is, oh, God, people are going to start getting sick again because that's what happened when we locked, when we locked down before. Every week, more people got sick. And for anyone that doesn't know, just to go bring up the speed real quick, the reason why there's a potential for this happening is because even if you got your vac and even if you've already had the couve and even if you wear a mask it turns out that this delta is strong enough that it can supersede all of that shit and they're really at the end of the day masking and being vacked and all of that it just gives you a chance a better chance than if you weren't at this point realistically speaking which you're gonna love this i'm about to, I'm about to get myself birthday heat fully vaxxed but yeah hey man it's, it's, at the end of the day it's it's better to at least have a fucking fighting chance at this point. Yeah. And I mean, full disclosure to break into it real quick so then people will see that I don't die. I mean, first one, arm hurt for a day. Second one, same thing, but I just felt like shit the next day. But after that, I was fine. So At this point, guess, you know. I took a day off of work and then I was right back at it. It was like, all right, cool, fuck it. <laughs> I mean, if you deal with a lot of people at the end of the day, you know what I mean? And because of the fact that the other variant is such a hard thing. But that's the reason why we might be looking at lockdown too. You know, so that's the backup plan here. Yeah. Now, we do know 
the WWE's network partners, USA Network slash NBC and Fox, were pissed about what happened with Bray. But we're also hearing that uh, they're upset about the whole thing with CM Punk and Daniel Bryan. Since you guys asked before, what do we think about the CM Punk, Daniel Bryan shit? Yeah, they're not happy about that. They don't give a shit about CM Punk. I talked to you guys about that earlier. Everybody feels like let him be somebody else's problems. But Daniel Bryan is the one that's disappointment for them. You know, they're basically saying that uh, they basically told WWE that they fucked up not signing them. That's their words, not mine. I'm not paraphrasing. I'm quoting. They fucked up not signing him is what they told them. <laughs> you know, that's literally what they said. Could all have been avoided if they would just not throwing him in the WrestleMania main event like he didn't want to be in. But, you know, budget cuts. They think that WWE, um, they think that CM Punk stock dropped because of the losses in UFC. Like, they, WWE thinks his stock dropped, so they don't really care. And a lot of people that worked with him didn't like him. And uh, they just don't really, they're not interested in him, you know? Daniel Bryan's the one that they're pissed about. Yeah, because that was a massive name in their roster. And in their roster, they just let go. Yeah, and also he's the better wrestler. I mean, let's be real. I know it's going to get yeah. a lot of punk fans pissed off. But, uh, I mean, Maybe Daniel, I it's fucking Daniel. It's Brian Danielson, you know what I mean? There's nothing to be ashamed There's of never if he's not the better wrestler. There's never a point where he wasn't the better wrestler. <laughs> yeah. He's the actual one who came up with best in the world. The best in the world pay-per-view is named after him. Mm-hmm. Now, there is a mask mandate in Las Vegas, according to the Reno Gazette. And I believe Las Vegas is where we're having SummerSlam this year. Yeah, they're saying that Allegiant Stadium is an outdoor venue because it doesn't have a roof on it. That might mandate masks for SummerSlam. That new order begins July 30th. That new order already started. Ooh, buddy. Do you think it's necessary? I don't... <sighs> necessary i'm not sure but i would say it's not a bad idea it'll probably may have things turn out a lot better than they would if everybody just went out open face willy-nilly i think some people will see also think about the mask and be like let me breathe they have mask with vents calm your tits <laughs> it's gonna look like wrestle kingdom out there <laughs> all these mask people it's a bunch of superheroes what the fuck no these are the heroes no, 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 no. Gabby correction. It's the almost superheroes. Gabby, what the fuck else do talk about Trump? What I mean about our officer? How long now? Come on now. I got to tell this shit to some of my friends. I was like, you know you're talking about him. It's giving him relevancy, right? Like, they got to spell this shit out. Like, Whether you go with the pubicans or the Democrats, doesn't matter. Like, if every time fucking wrestling went to camera, I can't. I'd be like, well, there's going to be another screw job. Like, no, no. That, that happened already. It's over. So, yeah, you got to wear a mask, possibly, if you go to SummerSlam. So wear a cane mask. Be carrying the chairs down with a mask this time. Wear a cane mask. <laughs> right, they never said which one. Piss them off. Wear a fiend mask. So, in other news, Keith Lee is not happy about how they treat <gasps> him on Raw. No fucking way. That's a different story from the rest of these stories today, right? Isn't that weird? Right. I thought he was having a job in every fucking week. <laughs> and apparently Brian Alvarez said that Keith Lee tweeted something which he later deleted that went to the effect of gone seven months and virtually squashed my first two weeks back and then he deleted that and then replaced it with I'm going to tell you the story myself give me a week or two which is the one that we read last week correction not virtually squashed just fucking squashed he needs to be someone who just does 
If you're going to do it, do it. But don't stop doing this. I'll tell you my story. Shit. Like, tell the story already. Tell the fucking I story. Build up. I don't need trailers. Yeah, exactly. Especially because right. at this point, everybody's known, like, four months before you came back, that shit was up. Just tell the story. Yeah. Do it already. Just do it. What's the worst that happens if he tells the story while he's under the contract? What could they do to him? What do you think the consequences would be? The worst possible thing. His wife doesn't debut on SmackDown like she was supposed to, what, like two fucking months ago? Oh, you're right. Yeah. Because you know that's, they're, that's still brewing in the books. Wow. Didn't think about that one before. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, I think we're ready to go over some weeklies. Ooh, and in good time. Yeah. And really good timing. I love it. All right, well. I guess we're going to start with NXT episode 465. We don't even, and I don't know if we have a lot of stuff here to cover, really. Uh, yeah, not too much. A few big moments out of this NXT, but... You had... Uh, it started off with... Well, actually, let me bring it... Let me make sure I have it up before we do it. That way I don't have to, like, stall the shit that we're doing here. I mean, I got it right in front of me, too, so... I don't. <laughs> uh-huh. I'm talking, about, I'm, I'm talking about having a video up on <laughs> the screen. I need the video. Okay, the video. Okay, so the first match that came up on this was the Timothy Thatcher and Tommaso Ciampa against Oni Larkin and Pete Dunne match. Which is a dream match, stylistically. It is. It definitely is. I heard about this match and I got excited. Yeah, there was definitely some physicality in this. As a matter of fact, I'm going to bring some of it up on the screen now for you guys to see here. You love violence. I love when they psych each other up with the slaps. These guys are bonkers! Oh! Lorcan's shutting down. Thatcher then gets turned inside out. Done with a form. And the baddest man in NXT standing toe-to-toe with a former NXT champion. Love the way he turned them inside out with that strike there, you know? Champion. Oh! Got caught. German suplex. Double stomp. Stomp in the feet. Good shit. And the kick to the side there. Dunn could be putting the finishing touches. Followed by the pump handle slam. Reversed into armbar. Look how good that was. See, love that. Love these sequences that these guys are doing here. Fucking madness. And, uh... Kick the shit out of each other and get technical. And then the weirdest thing. Your boy. Yeah. Halander. Yeah, I don't know. That's when I thought that i seen my fill of him this week. Freaking Pat McAfee. <laughs> No, that wasn't him. I forgot that was the bit. <laughs> I was like, oh shit, Pat's back. Rich Holland went back into the ring. Lorcan able to break up the submission from Champa. What the heck? Rich Holland's back. I don't even know. Just took out Timothy Thatcher. I don't think Thatcher, uh, excuse me, Champa realized it. Done from behind and a kick out. Champa. Quick. His weakness is is an over-the-top rope crossbody. Get him. He's right there. You could take him off for another fucking six months. Just get him right there. We know what his weakness is. He can't catch. No, motherfucker got weak ankles. That's what it is. Dude, last time we saw him, dude's leg went backward, and we just heard him getting catered going, Oh! There's nobody had to cut a promo in the ring afterwards. Shit sounded like Bojack squeezing Gohan. He was like, Oh! 
it was echoing off of buildings outside. Oh, you say that. my instant thought was sell, and I was like, so who's Piccolo telling Goku he's a twelve-year-old boy he doesn't want to fight? <laughs> Get the Senza. Thatcher's over there. Fucking Thatcher's over there telling him he's a twelve-year-old boy. He's a that I forgot that fucking chopper's looking down, distressed and shit. Devon, get the suns off. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. What else happened in this NXT that was really cool? Oh, you had the super over hit roll, right? I'm really liking them. Hit roll. Like mega faces. Hit roll. Oh, 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 my courtesy of Joaquin Wilde's back. Mm. Santos, I've been meaning to get my hands on you for so long now. Let him know. Spooky season has arrived. It's a hit row summer. Hey, Legato, no less goosh on the waist or concion la semana pasada? Mm. O tu no sabia que swear podia toca la guitarra como así. Yeah, he plays that guitar. <laughs> and Joaquin's back knows our latest hit. And speaking of back, you had no backup because your boys that you get laid flat like a match. Santos cree que es el jefe. Pero el martes pasado, demostramos que somos los reyes. The new kings of the jungle. And yet... We still got jokers like Imperium talking real spicy real about spicy. his road. So I need y'all to pause, rewind, and watch your mouth. Mm. Talk that slick talk again, and y'all gonna get knocked out. Let me talk about y'all so y'all can understand. Wagwa my you. See, Mandem Rama ends don't play fam. It's top dollar the top boy in it. This gimmick works really good, right? Right. They fit like puzzle pieces, and it's fucking awesome. Yeah, I really like that. Very well done. Apparently they were they were already a group apparently except for uh, Isaiah Swerve Scott. So that's interesting to know. He fits perfectly with that. Mm-hmm, for sure. All right, well, Joe's back. Holy shit. He wasn't ref Joe like I was hoping, you know. That's what I really wanted was was ref Joe. Let me see if I could get it up here. To satisfy all our needs in three easy steps. And all you need to do is just implore me. Step number one. With this piece of paper, I tender my resignation from NXT management effective immediately. I quit. But with this piece of paper and your signature, you reactivate me as a part of the active roster here in NXT. John Cena comes out, hits the AA, and signs instead. Fuck off. <laughs> and they make it completely legit, even though it was a contract written out for Joe and fucking Cross. But yeah, at TakeOver 36, Joe looks to make history and possibly become the first ever three-time NXT world champion. Wouldn't it be great if they did that, though? He comes out in every company. There's one person who signed the contract oh instead. And his name is John Cena! All I'm going to say is this. I, we, uh, 
when we get to SmackDown, I don't know which one of y'all let the Raw writer in there, but stop letting that guy do that. Like, yeah, that's where we're heading. We're going to talk about Cena versus Reigns. And so, <laughs> but I just thought it would have been great if he came out and did it here too. Cena goes on go every show and he, he just, that's all you got to do. Have just fuck him up and take the contract. It would be perfectly acceptable. We would be on Raw though. Everywhere. And it, it wouldn't just be wrestling related either. Like they managed to get like Konami managers to get Kojima to come back to do the Silent Hill game. And just when he's about to sign the contract. And his name is John Cena. Hey, he's going to the table. Next thing you know is Cena. Now John Cena's designing Silent Hill. Oh my God. Dude. Holy <laughs> shit. <laughs> Norman Reeves is John Cena. <laughs> Holy shit. They fucking, they, they get ready to make another Life is Strange game. They get ready to sign the contract, and the next thing you fucking know. And his name is John Cena! Coming to game time, Life is Cena. We got the perfect replacement for Joel. <laughs> <laughs> we can't afford Robert Downey Jr. anymore for Tony Stark, but we have someone else. And his name is John Cena! <laughs> Okay, let's. Stop. That's what we'll do. It'll just be the solution for everything. It'll be like actual okay. Superman. It's like having Clark Kent Superman. We we'll just put that for everything. We don't even need anything else. Holy fuck! So anyway, Joe's back, but he's no longer part of the office, and instead, he is now part of uh, being a wrestler again, which is better. He's cleared in the ring. Apparently, he's been reported. So kudos to him, Cameron Grimes washes LA Knight's balls as part of the punishment for uh, losing the match, right? Dog he washes balls. his balls. Somebody out there already tripping. Huh? Nah, you shouldn't have told him. You shouldn't have told him. You should have let that stay that way. I was going to leave it unrepaired. <laughs> Just let him sad. Let him be sad. Because they, 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 the implication was on purpose. Okay? They did not. I'm not saying me. I'm saying them. Look at this. They're, tell me this, this whole washing ball shit. The innuendos are not there. Watch. Uh huh. Hello. What am I fucking looking at, bro? What? Not? Why is that done that way? Why is that camera like that? Hey man, sometimes you gotta get in there, all right? How long you want me to wash your balls for? <laughs> what does matter with you? Well, you got me out here for thirty minutes washing your balls. Quiet. Quiet. Let me see the balls. Ball washing. The phrase you just don't expect a grown man on a golf course to say, How long you want me washing your balls for? I'm really over the million dollar man Cameron Grimes thing and him being the butler. It it went worse than I like it, it it's gone on worse than I wanted. Like, yeah, he's not as like a degraded butler at least, which I thought was what he's gonna be. Come on a penguin suit. But it's just annoying now. So could we just not do it anymore? You know? Get out. How's it look? It's fine. Come on. All right, give me my driver. Driver? I am your driver. <laughs> the club. Give me the driver. I am your driver, B. <laughs> but anyway, I don't remember what the whole thing was here. Doesn't he better money or something? As you being my caddy today, you need to know exactly what each and every single one of these clubs are, okay? Look, it's the one that looks different than all the others. Surprise! There's your driver. Yes, Mr. Knight, sir. Uh, whatever you want. How long is this going to go on with these two? God only knows. We'll come back to that shit later. Because they come back to that shit later. 
NXT breakout tournament first round match, Carmella Hayes against Josh Briggs. The finish being Hayes with a tilt the world, and a, I believe it was like a tilt the world, and I was like a nasty leg drop type deal going on here. I'll actually bring it up on the screen. We can analyze it together. Uh, oh, that might be a little too far. There we go. Are you counting your chickens, Wade? I'm not counting any chickens. I saw this man in action in the first round. He was incredible in that. Briggs looking for a sidewalk slam. Nice counter by Hayes. Hayes able to take down Briggs. Hayes right now. Can't think he must do. Goes up, goes around. Another takedown. Hayes to seize his moment. Going all the way to the tippy top. Looking down and big leg drop. I like that leg drop. Yeah. That was a high one. The kid looks good. I got to admit, I thought they were going to give it to the other guy, to Josh Briggs, because Josh Briggs is established right. in the Indies. But I guess yeah, Carmelo Hayes somewhat. I've seen him around too. But... You know how they feel about anything. It's not them. So. Yeah. Yeah, what a shame. I, let me see if there's well stuff. There was the, the Hayes. Uh, go back to the a little bit in this match to other sequences, like around here. Is this where it is? Yeah. It's a distressing landing for Carmelo Hayes. Not much padding out there on the outside of the ring. A nasty landing indeed. He barely has recovered at this point. Trying to get something going at least. Oh, couple of kicks now. Hayes. Watch what he does after these kicks. Hayes again. Right under the jaw. How many more kicks can Briggs take? Springboard leg drop. Briggs is down. (laughs) Nice, man. I love that he didn't turn with the leg drop. He literally went straight back. Mm-hmm. Yeah, looking really good there. Also, this guy, he has some really impressive... He's a good big man, Josh Briggs. I'm surprised that they didn't yeah, want to Josh push him. Great. You know, look at this power here with this chokeslam. First, that boot is terrible. Big boot, good night. Chokeslam. Briggs into the cover. Hook of the leg. See, even NXT is guilty of having people kick out a two from crazy shit. You know? Yeah, XD fans are going to be like, that wasn't that crazy, you know? Overall, decent match, though, for these for the rookies. The rooks show some really interesting stuff. For sure. You know? Now, what the fuck's going on with, with Cameron Grimes? I said we we're going to come back to it. Cameron Grimes, Ted DiBiase. How come this suddenly became like one of the ABC family TGIF fucking specials? <laughs> I don't even fucking know. <laughs> like, how come he's suddenly having a fucking heart-to-heart with this guy? You know what I mean? Like, what, what happened? what's happened to wrestling? That we're having this TGIF shit happening here. You know, look at this. Listen to this conversation. I'll tell you something. Guys like L.A. Knight, all they're ever going to do is try to hang you out to dry. Why are you doing this? You're, you're better than this. I'm a man of my word, Ted. I thought you'd be more upset if I didn't do it. I'll tell you what I do know. You weren't born to be a butler. You were born to be a champion. Cameron, don't lose your pride. Sometimes a man has to fight for what he believes in. And the Cameron Grimes I know is a fighter. I want you to think about that. Like for real? I don't want to wait for my life to be over. Like, is this still? What the fuck happened? <laughs> I'm NXT is still my favorite show. I don't even know what the fuck happened there. <laughs> it became like one of these after-school specials. I love how you had to say that almost like you were trying to reassure yourself that you were not that I was not completely fucking clown. That I'm, like, I'm not in denial, right? Like that's not like a denial statement, sir. You were fucking. Uh, I mean, uh, Raw Riot is creeping out with crazy shit now. Like, you're fucking. It's sneaking on the other buses and doing shit now. <laughs> we'll come back to that. Believe it or not. 
Um, this next thing kind of make me sad. Kind of make me sad. Oh, God. So you must already know what it's going to be, right? <laughs> the next thing involves my favorite team of Dakota Kai, right? And the champ. And Raquel Gonzalez. Yeah, I was sad. This depressed me. What the fuck, man? It's always the stuff well, that I like. The only thing that the only thing that really depressed me is just the way it happened. But in reality, I was like, this needed to happen, just not this way. Well, let's talk about after we run. She named him. She ran through Ember Moon, Io Shirai. She stated everyone. Raquel Gonzalez sent to top the NXT Women's Division. Fire! What the hell? Turned on her, Raquel. Gonzalez got betrayed by Dakota Kai. One of my favorite alliances has just broken. That sucks. They were so good together. Yeah, Dakota actually mattered. I mean, we'll get a good feud out of it, right? Oh, yeah, for sure. But I think it was getting to the point where eventually Raquel was going to have to break out on her own. Because, I mean, Dakota just became more and more of a sidekick after a while. Like. But that's what I actually liked about it. I liked the fact that they didn't go the stereotypical route of having it be that she was got mad about being in her friend's shadow and inevitably turns and now they have to fight. Like it was like cool. I like that. You could see moments where it was happening for sure. But that's it's always fucking moments in this company. How come in New Japan you're allowed to have a title and still have friends? Like every other company, it's like like not every other specifically WWE. We, it's like we, we got to fucking turn we, heel. Members of chaos fight each other all over G One and then still be friends afterwards. Like if I'm in the same company, I don't know. You know, whatever. I'm not going to critique it too much because th- this is wrestling. Is, you know what I mean? Like, it's the unfortunate reality, and WWE is guilty of doing it more than anything else. It's the easy route to a storyline. Like, 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 let's be upfront here. They take the easy route out a lot. And the easy route is she gets jealous of her friend and then turns. Because somehow yeah. for them, we fight, but we're still friends afterwards is so challenging. And it works if they would have just had a fight without that happening. Have Kai challenge her, and then they eventually just fucking decide to be cool afterwards. And I don't, I don't criticize kick, the Briscoes that kick the shit out of each other. I don't know how many times they always wind up tagging together. They probably would tag titles afterwards. And I don't criticize NXT booking too often, but they haven't been booking Dakota Kai kill Raquel Gonzalez strong. There's literally right. nothing like, in their past no booking that would lead me to believe that Raquel wouldn't just put her through the entire fucking wall. You know what really, I mean? It's like a. If, if, if you're mm-hmm. looking at the way those two are booked, there's no reason that Raquel shouldn't have shook that kick off and threw her down the fucking ramp. We needed to see more of her leveling up before she was on Kill Raquel Gonzalez status, where it would have looked like this whole time she was building up to that, and then she turned. There was no one else for either of them to face but each other. She is not at that level yet. We've only seen Raquel leveling up. Dakota Kai didn't throw Eos Rai through a wall. Raquel did. Yeah, well, <laughs> it would have been more impactful if they would have... Uh, if it would have like happened later on you know give it like give it a good amount of time for her to be champion and then do that so next we have the tag team match of frankie Monet and jesse camilla being accompanied by robert stone reluctantly against casey catanzaro and Kaitlyn carter with the finish being thanks to robert stone we have uh her first loss from taya yeah. she takes the pin weird decision 
Well, it was to make Robert Stone. They she wanted to make it all his fault. Well, that's what they wanted to do in this angle. We'll bring it up here. We could talk about it. It ain't just style, is it? Wait a minute. Look at the way he threw that shit. Well, Molina distracted, turned right around into a kick from Carter. Carter, who made the tag. Casey Cancero's legal. Cancero, 450. Cover. Count. Also, Katie Cancero and uh, freaking Caden Carter heels now because they were acting like heels. Their mannerism was more like heels. Their promo earlier in the night was more like heels. I haven't seen really much of them being healed. Is that that? They weren't acting away. And then the commentary was also talking about how the two of them have a chip on their shoulder and they feel that they're overlooked and shit. It's just not the kind of stuff you'd say about baby faces that are acting like that. You know, this company forgets the difference every other day. Who knows? It didn't feel that way to me. It felt like they were just heels. You know, like I said, yeah, again, they though. turn people with no motivation all the time. So, you know, maybe that's the case of that then. You have a tag team match of Imperium, Fabian Eigner, and Marcel Bartel against Hit Rose, Ashante Adonis, and Top Dollar being accompanied by B-Fab and Isaiah Swerve Scott. Uh, The finish being uh, Wild and Mendoza essentially cost Hit Rose the match with a distraction in this one, which I will bring up on on the screen here for you guys. Legal just dropped face first, Eichner. They hit... Wild, Mendoza. Oh, and they got the attention of Top Dollar. Well, there's Escobar. We got to remember those. We got a match going on. Adonis been left by himself. Bartel drops Adonis. Powerbomb, cover, center of the ring. Imperium. Screwed him over. See, playing the numbers game. Got caught out there. So what do we got? Got three Imperium members now? I mean, yeah, there's just, there's just uh, Walter, Eichner, and Bartel. And Walter almost feels like he's not even in Imperium. He's hardly ever with them. And Walter's always doing his own thing. But then again, Walter's getting ready for Dragon Off, so he's just letting him do their own thing right now. Eventually, it's just going to be Bartel. He's going to be out there like Skank from The Crow. He's going to be like the one guy going, fire it up! Fire it up! Fire it up! I can't they got less and less of them. Like your your your, your team's falling, buddy. Anyway, you know what I realized? Wal- Walter's so busy with fucking getting ready for this rematch with Dragon off and take over. Walter's like when fucking when fucking the parent goes to work and they always leave the oldest kid to watch out for the other ones. And when he comes home, I guess there's one less kid each time. If that's how that story ends. Okay, you put your brother Alexander in the oven. What the fuck, Timothy? What the fuck? Yeah, Walter's his own entity. So, you get a singles match of Adam Cole against Bronson Reed. The finish being Bronson Reed goes for the tsunami, but it becomes more like a tsunami because fucking Adam Cole's not going to get hit by that. And he wants a super kick, last shot, killing him. I didn't think that he was going to go over him. Bronson Reed's cool and everything, but you're fighting Adam Cole, baby. You know? Like, that's the truth of the matter right there. You're not Adam Cole ready. He's ready. He's just not Adam Cole ready. Well, anyway, here is the spot here for you guys to see. Coming, big line of his own, followed powerbomb attack. Oh! And Reed now hustling, oh. going to the, going to the outside. This is the magical moment. Going to the top rope is Reed. Oh yes, Sir. No. 
No one there. Super kick from Cole. Reed rocked Cole. Last shot connects. Second time the charm. Cole shoots the half into the cover. Adam. Adam Cole, baby. But not much time to have fun after that one. No, not much time to have fun at all. Which we're going to get into like here. Herpes infection. Guess who's back? Damn. Yeah, I had to go there with that one, right? Good God. He's about the same level of devastation. NXT, and thankfully, he just proved me. One hundred percent correct. Kyle O'Reilly. O'Reilly is snapped. This was bad, by the way. Did you see this fucking spot? Right. Whose idea was this crazy shit? No. This is real. Probably no, 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 Kyle, about- oh. What the fuck? Are they nuts? With the shit we've seen them do to each other, I'm not even surprised anymore. With the cuckoo's banana shit we've seen them do to each other from everywhere from here to ROH to Japan, I'm not even surprised that happened. That's absolutely ridiculous. <laughs> It's like, what is it with them having to have people hit the corners of things? <laughs> but did he die, though? That's, like, that's everybody's logic. But did he die, though? He might. You know? It's definitely an option. But anyway, uh, there was a, the Panama Sunrise in this match. That was something that I really liked. I don't know what it is when you watch a big man taking Panama Sunrise, but it's a beautiful sight. Yeah. No, that was incredible. I'm bringing up on the screen for you guys here. It's because big man ain't supposed to flip like that. That's what it is. Disqualified there, but that little beat was all it took for Adam Cole. Panama Sunrise, and no way. That's crazy. To put Reed away. Oh, Reed! Like that is brutal. I think my favorite part is you can always tell even on commentary they didn't expect it to work. Yeah, I didn't expect it to work. Even if he would have told me ahead of time that he expected it to work, I would have been like, "Yeah, right, bro." Like, what are you nuts? Like, this isn't happening. Yeah. Like, no one's buying that at all. But, uh, yeah, I guess gravity. <laughs> gravity and Look some it. assistance, you know, and a lot of prayers. But, yeah, definitely give credit for that. Uh, was that the end? That was the main event, right? Yeah, that was the finish to NXT. All right. Well, that being said, NXT did 520,000 overnight views on Sci-Fi with a point twelve in the 18 to 49 demographic. Which is terrible. Olympics fucked them up. It was the Olympics and being on sci-fi all at the same time. Those are the combination of things that fucked them up. NXT's not looking good. Everything had to fight the Olympics this week, this week, uh, this past week. So yeah, this was a shit. <laughs> yeah, I got to review that and submit my fair use dispute all at the same time. Even on my birthday, y'all fucking going us. Even on my birthday. There are people who literally just pirate the fucking show and put it on here for views and hits. But we're bothering. We always we, we've won. We've won like hundreds of disputes. You know what I mean? We're Grand Slam champions. We've won zero. We've lost zero. So what you're saying is they're the Chad Hawkins of disputes. Oh, but there won't be a WrestleMania payoff with Zack Ryder in this one. So sorry, guys. Yeah, we're by no means amateurs here. I could do this with my feet up. Do this. Yeah, exactly. 
Next up, we have AEW Dynamite episode 96, Fight for the Fallen 2021. Yes. This, I'll tell you right now, spoiler alert, even though it doesn't end on a high note, I feel collectively this was better booked than this week's NXT. I will give it to AEW here. This was a fire show for sure. Because of the crazy people who jump into the ring during the show, AEW opened for the live fans a little bit different than usual. ...or illegal in nature, including fighting and physical harassment, foul, harassing, or abusive language towards other fans and staff, unreasonably obstructing the view of other patrons and standing in the aisles, smoking, including e-cigarettes, abusive drugs or alcohol, obscene or offensive gestures, signage or clothing, including the use of such language or gestures concerning a person's race, ethnicity, color, gender, religion, creed, disability, age, sexual orientation, gender identity or expression, or national origin, or to instigate, incite, or encourage a confrontation or physical assault. Interference with progress of the show, including throwing objects onto or entering the ring, failing to follow the instructions of law enforcement, guest services, and security personnel, any conduct deemed inappropriate or dangerous to fans, talent, or staff, damaging the venue or personal property. Staff will promptly intervene to support an environment where all guests can enjoy the event free from the aforementioned behavior. Guests who violate the fan code of conduct will be subject to ejection without refund and potential loss of the ability to attend future events. Thank you very much and enjoy the show. In other words, stay your ass out the ring or Jericho will punch you in the face again. Yeah, no no bullshit is what they're trying to convey. (laughs) In the words of New Jack. Oh, motherfucker. No bullshit, motherfucker, fucker. God rest his soul. <laughs> it's still one of my favorite insults. I never thought about just adding another fucker. Sorry, don't bring it into Jack. I fucking watch him throw Vic Grimes off that scaffolding. When I tell you it's the funniest thing I've ever seen in my life. Just because of the fucking commentary on you, he screams. He, he screams so fucking loud. It was wonderful. Mm-hmm. So uh, let me bring up my dynamite stuff on our screen because there's a lot to go over here. This was really cool. Not gonna lie. Uh, um, the dramatic way this shit opened, I, I'm, not, I'm not even gonna play the whole thing, but just to go into the dramatic way they opened this, you don't see many shows that open this cool. You talk about starting with a bang or the saddle. You might think they're all long gone, but you don't need a hat to be a cowboy. A cowboy isn't too busy to lend a hand to a partner. Not too proud to take one either. And when they get knocked in the dirt, bloodied and trampled, a cowboy dusts themselves off and gets back up. And they'll stand by their partners and challenge those who have it all. And they'll keep riding. Until they find their peace. Your opening contest is a ten man tag team. Now that is how you start an episode of Dynamite. And you look carefully during the spotlight, there was one empty one. A lot of people are saying that is growing. There was one empty what? 
It was one empty spotlight. I believe it was in front of uh, still in front of. Uh, oh, for the for the late Brody Lee. Saying that was the Brody. That boy's a bird. How In the career of Hangman and Dark Order, if this team loses this match, Hangman Page must step aside from the top five, and the Dark Order lose the World Tag Team Title shot. That is amazing, right? And then, of course, the elite listen to the heat they get, right? And then, of course, they have to heal it up, these scumbags. These scumbags. Look at how, look at the entrance they have. The man in the middle, 292 from Tokyo, Doc Dingley Gallows. At forward, 6'6 from Rancho Cucamonga, Nick. Trick shot, Jackson. A forward at six six from Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, Mr. Instant Replay, Matt Jackson. And the only person in this match from North yes. Carolina. At guard, 224 pounds, Kenny Air. The elite are such a dicks. So <laughs> what assholes, man. Like, that's really... What pure assholes. Aha, uh-huh, botch by Matt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the elite will make much better heels, man. This whole fucking evil. Like ultra, even like God level of beast. It is fantastic. Now available in theaters and streaming on HBO Max. I was jerks. Who has a major vested interest in the outcome of this contest? Jesus, I'm sorry, if you didn't get sick out of this, I don't trust you. You haven't seen a set of legs like that since the 80s, Shabani. Like, like you haven't I- seen your own legs in 20 years. Well, oh. still, the fact is... What obnoxious pricks. That was completely uncalled for. I watched it twice. I fucking died when I heard the music. Like, no, but they went all the way with this shit. I was feeling the energy too of that cowboy shit. No pun and intended. Way to the goon squad. What it means to be a cowboy. And all of a sudden, bastards come out. You don't even see. That's why. What, what I like about that booking is that even if you've never watched Dynamite before, like even people in the fact that's the first time, you would automatically know who the heels are. Because you're right. getting a good vibe from the loyal. They just told you about loyalty and friendship and shit. And then these and dicks come out wearing. <laughs> 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 you don't even have to watch wrestling. You just had to watch Space Jam. <laughs> that's a great example of don't know you're the bad guy music. Like if that's your intro. You know what I mean? Like, holy shit. Oh, that was that was great. They, love us. they really do. No, they fucking don't. <laughs> 
That being said, AEW Dynamite episode 96 Fight for the Fallen opens with a 10-man elimination tag match, which takes up almost half of the show. Adam Page and the Dark Order, Alex Reynolds, Evil Uno, John Silver, and Stu Grayson going up against the elites, Doc Gallows, Carl Anderson, Kenny Omega, and Matt and Nick Jackson being accompanied, of course, by Brandon Cutler and Naka Naka Nakazawa, right? And, uh, as much as you guys all had these great, I don't know why everybody was so sure suddenly that this was going to be Hangman's time to shine, and I thought it should be soon. The finish to this does not involve Hangman going over. Pretty much at the end of this, it is Omega. We're going to go into the ending sequence here with the attempted buckshot lariat. Convenient. Listen to your incessant ignorant <laughs> Look at that. They grab his ankle. They pull a, they pull a Street Fighter, the animated movie. It's legal, Tony. It's legal in Montana on Saturdays. Watch out. The buckshot. They're able to counter it. Omega takes him out with the title while the ref is distracted. Comes in for the slide. Still a two count. False finish there. Just to give you guys a little bit of hope. And then lastly, V-Trigger. Second V-Trigger. But he's not done yet. I don't know how this kid... I'm with you, man. Here we go, here we go, here we go. It's on the game plan again. Oh, no, no, no. One-winged angel. One-winged angel for the end. So that is it, guys. Sorry, but it was not Hangman's time to go over Omega. Not yet. It should have been. I kind of feel like that was a really important point for that to happen. But I guess, you know? yeah. But I guess that's kind of what I'm thinking. They might be leaning towards. I mean, between this whole thing starting up with them again, we had the whole talk of Punk and Brian coming. I guess it's because if they would have gone with uh, Omega and Hangman still at All Out, it would have quickly gotten overshadowed by those two showing up. So I guess they probably push him to the side for now and then come back around to it when there's no risk of him just getting drowned out by everything else. I've seen some people want to be the victim of that before. Like, what was it when uh, Punk came back and feud with Cena? Poor Ray, everybody forgot he'd won the title earlier in the night. There's risk of it getting drowned up by everything else now, though. I guess it would have been bigger. It would have been a bigger risk when um, it comes to that pop that they're going to get in front of that Chicago crowd. Like, poor Hangman wins the title, and it's like, oh, and it's like, no. Oh, and now, no Hangman. Yeah, but there was some funny shit in this match. This, this one, yeah, you were, like you said, though, this one took a lot. This one took a while, but then, I mean, it's a 10 man elimination tag match. I'm almost not surprised. It would have been disappointing if this kind of went quick. Say that again. I'm sorry. I lost you there for a minute. No, I, was saying, uh, I was saying, yeah, but yeah, you were like, I mean, it's not surprising, though, with a 10-man elimination tag match. This mm-hmm. match, yeah, going into it, I knew like this was this one was going to take a minute. But why would they not push him here? Like you said, he's going to, like, not to let him waste out, but th- that's going to happen anyway with all these new guys coming in. I mean, because I figured, I, I mean, like we said before, we know that Punk's, we know Punk's coming. And... I could see them doing it at All Out, which I know before there was the talk of those two coming, before we broke that news, it looked like that's what they were setting up for. So I could see the whole thing being, rather than having him get drowned out by that initial bang he first shows up, it's maybe not even even necessarily to not push him, but draw it back a little bit, I guess. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, we know they're going to want to give us not only Omega versus Punk, but then Omega versus Brian. But I thought about it earlier today. 
you could also spin that around to get Hangman back into that mix and either have him, like, let's say whichever one Omega doesn't go after first, Hangman gets the other one. So then you're still getting two big money matches out of both of them. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. It sounds way more complicated than it is in my head, but it's like I could see there being a way to kind of not take Hangman out of the title picture, but hang him back just a little bit just so you don't, just so uh, Punk and Brian debuting doesn't sour on his win. I, I guess. I mean, honestly, for me, I feel like they should just have that as a separate part of the program. And he his hanging back was when he lost to Jericho in the debut of Dynamite or the rolled out or whatever the fuck the beginning of this, <laughs> whatever it was. Anyway, let's get a little bit into some of the sequences and stuff in the match. I did like the team suplex, the Alex Reynolds superplex style stuff that we had going Look on. On the here. outside, big Doc Gallows. See, I believe these 10 man tags, there's too many bodies to watch for one referee. I don't see oh, dark order. Look at this. Dark Order turning the tables on the elite. And then after the that. Elite regathering. Readjusting. Or I, you could say they're running like scalded dogs. Let's also say this is the first return for John Silver since his shoulder injury. So it's great to see him back in action. Great to have Silver back in action as Alex Reynolds was climbing up to the top. And Nick Jackson cut him off. Watch out, boys. Trouble up here when Nick Jackson's with you. Yeah, here it comes. Oh, oh my God. God! Pretty crazy. Tremendous super. God, that spot always frightens me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, also here we had a cool sequence with this stunner German combo right here. <laughs> oh, big elbow strike. Enzi Gary, stunner, German combo. First elimination coming up here. Good looking stuff, man. I love team battles. You know me. You're always going to get me with a good team battle just because shit like that can happen. Yeah. Uh, yeah, t- yeah. Stuff like these, stuff, big, big matches like these are always fantastic just because there's so many moving parts and so much going on at one time. You have Carl Anderson that gets eliminated by the fatality here. Anderson up on the shoulders of Uno. Gory special here. Watch out. Grayson. Fatality. God, that's a beautiful move. Yeah, craziness. First elimination there. Uh, Stu Grayson, that, that Sky Twister press he does, isn't that AJ Styles' old move or like a variation of it? Um, the Sky Twister press, yeah, I think I think let's it's a version of the Spiral Tap. Let's, yeah, that's, how, that's what I was thinking. Have a look here. Try that? No. AJ's not going to do that. <laughs> Jeez, he won't even cover up his legs. Stu Grayson, though, with the Elite on the outside. Oh, my God! Oh, my goodness! Oh, wow. Twister! That's pretty much it. Yeah, right? what, it, it, it's a version of the spiral tap from an angle that AJ probably that AJ never done it from. And it looks really good. The only part that sucked of this is that somehow no one fucking caught him. Look at that stasis that hit all ground. Look at the what happened? The ground caught him. How? But what? Try that? No, he's not gonna do that. You hear it too? That sucks. Come on, guys. The f- cover up his legs. Stu Grayson though. With the elite on the outside. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh. They were a bunch of misses. Everybody said no fucking shit. Not one fucking one of them stood in the middle. That sucks, man. That's like the worst. That's like when a trust fall happens and everybody moves. <laughs> like, yo, not one person. He went splat. That's That blows. That really blows. Omega eliminates Evil Uno. Another person to eat a one-winged angel, actually first, because this is before that the dreaded ending. Up, 
Smart move by Omega. It was a great move. It was. You're right, JR. You saw it coming. You reacted appropriately. Omega. Bang! Oh! With the V-trigger. Good night. Oh, is. This is right out of the Don Callis playbook. Call me signal for it, Giovanni. Oh! One-winged angel. The cover. And Once again, Omega kicking ass out there, right? Yeah, I got one-winged angels for everybody. Mm-hmm. The basketball stuff happens more during the commercial break. If you're watching the Fight TV feed, they're bastards during the, the, the commercial break here. Here's a little bit of the basketball action that you missed. Massive leg lariat by Nick Jackson dropping John Silver. Oh, and now, come on. Here we go. I know it's North Carolina. I get it. Basketball country, but please. Look at this. Look at this. I mean, these guys all probably could have played in the NBA. Probably, Don. Yeah, probably. You're right. But, okay, JR, how many athletes have you seen in wrestling on the level of Nick Jackson? He's unique, is he not? Yes, he is. Thank you. But it's not 6'6". <laughs> Come on, then. I love how Jim Ross just sounds so damn bitter. <laughs> oh, man. John Silver gets better and better. I definitely will say that. You get to see some really good and John to be Silver. Here for him to for him to have been gone as long as he is too, and yeah, still you get getting to, better. Yeah, really good John Silver offense here. Reversal into the ropes. Nick Jackson puts on the brakes. Oh, nice oh. kick! We are back live on Dynamite, where John Silver has just turned the tables on the elite. This sold-out crowd going absolutely crazy because the Dark Order have regained an advantage. How about an airplane spin? You talk about old Nasty. School. Oh, hell! Yeah. yeah, the kid's really good, right? Small but strong as shit. Yeah, it really is, man. Got to give a lot of credit there. And, uh, but then his tenure comes to an end. Johnny Hungry and ate a fucking BTE trigger. Right here. Should ride right over them. That horse is off to the glue factory, JR. Combination. Kicks by John Silver. Nick Jackson escapes. Oh, oh V-trigger. Oh, oh, oh. Eat it. Super kick. This one looks really rough to watch. Half and half coming up. No German suplex. Plant Silver on the watch back. Watch the BTE trigger to hit him with. Dragon hook went downstairs. Very effective. John Silver. Boy, he's dazed right yeah, now. Yeah, he's in bad shape. What, what is Cutler? No, come on. Look at this. This is going to be great. This is this absurd. Ridiculous. That's oh, fucked up at a pile driver, too. Dumped him. Almost. Five slam and jam at Indy Taker. John Silver pile driven into the floor here in Charlotte. And one for good measure. You won't see that in any slam dunk competition. Thank God. Shivani <laughs> kills me. Rolled back into the <laughs> ring. All but perfunctory here. You know, Don, if your team loses this game, this fight, it's going to be worse than Popovich in the Olympics. It's going to be ridiculous. Well, it's going to damage your career and your legacy. Well, I, I think the, the U.S. Oh, oh that's a rough BT trigger. The lead in the Olympics right now playing ball. Welcome back. Yeah. <laughs> John Silver eliminated BTE trigger. Yeah, too bad he was hanging in there for a while. Long tough. 
you get a bit of a tease. I wasn't expecting them to actually do it, but they let Omega and Handman have a bit of an exchange, right? Yeah. You know, I didn't think they were going to let these two come to blows, but yeah, you get a little bit of a tease, I guess, since we're not going to get the title match. Now I know why. Former champs, they were great world tag team champs. This was cool, though. A what? I thought he spit on him there, man. Oh, my God. That's pro sports, JR. No, it's not pro sports, you idiots. This is, though. The heavy-handed hangman. Oh, Good night. Oh, oh my God. What contact. Big what impact. Oh. Yeah, got him, got him. Super kicks by the Bucks. Snapdragon. Three on one. They oh. should have a huge advantage and put this away. Nearly broke him in half. Ah, oh, oh, triple super, super kick. kick. Party by the elite. That's oh, got to be it. And no, because AW, that's not it. I told you the Cowboy came to fight. Kick the shit out of the Cowboy. Right. <laughs> but to kick the Cowboy shit out of you. <laughs> You know, whether the cowboy came to fight or not, you know, he, he got his brains kicked in there. Tony Montana, your ass, like, you go down eventually. He gets some of his heat back over here, though, with that Orihara moonsault, which always looks fantastic. I remember seeing him do that Ring of Honor handcuff. It's tag team matches of all time, and they are putting on a classic here tonight. Hangman Adam Page, Orihara moonsault. Crazy, right? It is one of the smoothest moonsaults. I think every everybody who has one. And he lands at the... I think he's one of the only people I've ever seen land a moonsault like that the exact same every time. Yeah. Picture perfect. But damn, JR, he's fighting, buddy. Oh, man, he is. This he's is the end hard. of Nick here. Great job by Nick Jackson breaking up that pin with that crackback-like block yeah. on Hangman Page. Not only is he fighting... Oh, Hangman! Holds on, laces that boot between the top and middle rope. Get it done! Comes over, buckshot, no! Matt Jackson counters! Two-stone pod robber, attempt. You're looking for another indie taker, but Hangman! Counters out, gets the boot up. Matt Jackson sends Hangman into the ropes. Hangman once again vaults over. There you go, get a boom! Two for one! Done. This was a cool match, man. It's better than some shit I've seen in Survivor Series. This shit was all over the place. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. This match is what you call coming in hot. And lastly, there was this false finish that was such a good false finish that it it caught JR. And he didn't like it. You gotta be the catch JR. It's right here, watch. Has been eliminated. See ya! Man, it's getting down to the old nitty-gritty. So Omega has the belt. Wait, wait, he's got the belt. Omega's got the the momentum. Got the momentum. He's got the belt. Takes out Hangman with it. But it's a two-count. It's a close two-count. Watch this. Omega with the World Tag Team Championship in his hand. Oh, wait, does he not use it yet? Because he had another belt. That's what it was. What belt is Is that the TNA belt? Is that the... No, that's the AEW World Championship. And a dead eye! No, no, dead eye! Yes, see ya! Tag, 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 Hangman Adam Page just... And the AEW World he Champion. kicked out, Jim Ross. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> he did kick you know out. How close has to be to even catch JR. <laughs> and then JR gets mad. Watch. Don't have a fit here, Don. I thought he had three. Kenny Omega, <laughs> convenient. Listen to your incessant, ignorant <laughs> rambling. It's, it's Look at this. Nick Jackson grabbing the leg of Hank. JR pissed. 
shut your whore mouth, or you? <laughs> Good match. It's a shame that they didn't give it to Hangman, you know. Yeah, like I said, I think I think it will come to fruition at a later date, though. That's just me, but that, that's that's at least why I would have gone with it. But we'll see what happens. And they said the page wasn't ever really factored into the main event plan. So, you know, what they need to do now is just spin off the gimmick, like have them all backstage and just have all of them drinking whiskey and then call them the drunk order. You know the sad part about it is you know they made that shit work. They probably would, right? <laughs> we joke, but that shit would be gold if everything happened just right. Unbelievable. So you get a Ricky Stark celebration. I don't know why. I don't know why. But we're going to bring it up. Ring. Starks, of course, is hometown. New Orleans, Louisiana. Listen to JR No Sell this. Picking off this FTW Championship celebration. I'm still so upset about that 10 man tag, I can't get over it. Yeah, well, you know. <laughs> <laughs> had afterburn rage for the fucking tag yo oh my god you could tell that jr doesn't know the finishes just like he says he doesn't like to know oh my god like <laughs> i love how there was this quietness like i wasn't sure why it was quiet at first i gotta go back to that like, why he's still pissed he was still salty that whole fucking parade happened and he he wasn't even at the parade Ring. starts of course his hometown new orleans louisiana Picking off this FTW Championship celebration. I'm still so upset about that 10-man tag, I can't get over it. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm with you, JR. Starks even has... He doesn't give a fuck about this. Orange roses? They are, Ted. JR is like the fan. JR is pretty much the voice of the fans in a lot of ways. Nobody gives a fuck about this. We, We find this shit out, and he finds it out in real time with us. Nobody gives a fuck. But no, I really don't give a fuck. I think the Ricky Stark stuff is awful. The band was awful. I don't know if they deliberately did that to get heat or if that's the best band that they could get. Uh, some of them second line. They they did not get the A's when it came to that second line band. But Brian Cage is here to save the day. Says Ricky Starks, you talk too much. Oh, oh my God. Oh, not the trombone guy. Oh, my God. Yeah, we definitely the can't do without drum. that trombone guy. The, ba- the damn bass drum. Drum may have a family. Uh oh. You no ruined the band. This is the second time we didn't get a band that we were promised. What was the mariachi band from last Ricky week, too? Starks. It is not a very musical sport. I love the way. Hold on. The same person who booked this is not booking everything that's not this. There's no fucking way. There's no way the person who did what happened last did what happened here. Or what's happening next? This is like an isolated, like, dude. He sold getting hit in the face by the flowers. He literally gave him a look at the flowers moment. Look at this shit. Watch. The flowers was enough of a delay for him to get away. Watch. Hey with the flowers. <laughs> That's awful. Oh my god! Thorn to the forehead and everything. Spitting out roses. <laughs> Motherfucker. <laughs> oh, man. But the good news is that we go from this to a new Japan Ooh, Pro Wrestling shit. crossover. Thank God for that, right? Because that's what this company really needs right now more star power, less Brian Gage. 
Oh, I'll, I'll take I'll take the cage over the rookie star. Yeah, because it's announced that Tanahashi is going to be challenging the IWGP United States Champion. So there's something good there. That's anyway, huge. so he says it's New Japan Pro Wrestling's Master of the Century, Hiroshi Tanahashi. IWGP. I've got to say, the IWGP US Heavyweight Championship has quite a charm to it. I've won a lot of titles in my career so far, but I've never been the US champ. So I'll be challenging the winner of tonight's title match. And I'll be taking the title in a snap. That is awesome! Tanahashi! When we said that crossover was going to summon some big names, I think this is one of the ones I mentioned. Got New Japan Pro Wrestling's Tanahashi, and apparently the champion, the IWGP United States champ, will be traveling there to New Japan in order to have this match. But it does still count as crossover because they used AEW to promote that. Mm Mm-hmm. And for anyone who wants that isolated announcement from Hiroshi Tanahashi-san himself... Here you go. Is it Link. just me or does Tanahashi like age amazing? Yeah, of course. I feel like I, I've been watching Tanahashi for at least maybe like eight or nine years. And I swear to you, he looks exactly the same. Just different yeah. hair. Yeah, he takes very good care of himself. The ace of Japan. Tell you, man, that old dog still got plenty of fight left in him. Like, I think that was one of the only things that kind of upset me with G1. Is they always talked about him. It's just he was some old man just kind of hanging on. And it's like, no. Tanahashi got some wars left in him. Yeah, really glad to see him back. That's going to be awesome. Interesting times. Okay, well, this brings us to the tag team match of FTR's Cash Wheeler and Dax Hardwood being accompanied by Tully Blanchard going up against the Inner Circle's Ortiz and Santana being accompanied by Conan. Finisher being the brain buster. Um, Hardwood does to Ortiz. Bring that up on the screen, actually. It's literally looking at Tanahashi on the screen, just looking majestic. That's a pretty smart move by Harwood. Sheer drop, brain buster by Harwood. He covers Ortiz. One, two, three. Well, FTR takes one here. Um, Wheeler gets injured on this. I don't know if you saw when it happened. Yeah, I didn't see exactly three. when it happened. I saw it. Well, Dick Murdoch, wherever he may be, is smiling, but uh, there's no move. He and Killer Carl Cox brain buster. Look at him on the outside here, and you'll see his arm, too. Mm-hmm. How, look how bad his arm is. He was opened up pretty good. Yeah, let me see. I think I have the spot here. Yeah, I'll show you exactly how he got injured. Okay, so right here, let me make this big for you. I'm going to go slow. The, uh, FTR using the tag ropes. Look at him on the top. He goes on the top there, right? Part of their contract. He's on the top by himself. He gets knocked down. Now, when he gets knocked down, don't ask me why, but they have sharp corners on their fucking turnbuckles. As he gets knocked down, the corner hits him. The report that came in says that it impaled his arm on a hook on the turnbuckle. And they said um, the turnbuckle hook took a chunk out of his arm, and they said that it was bad. And that they had to call an ambulance. I know the exact part they're talking about. So if you see here, I wanted to just tell you what happened. You can't really see it as well here, but when he drops right there, that must be where it happens. Because look at him here. You can see him. If you look on the right of the screen, you see him favoring his arm. It already impaled his arm, whatever the fuck. Don't know why to have that there. 
that's a part that actually pretty much any wrestling ring has. I guess for some reason that one I guess isn't as covered as well as it usually is. But yeah, if you ever seen like no rules matches where they rip the whole turnbuckle off, it's that big ass hook on the end. That's well, WWE doesn't have that. How come no one ever gets that in WWE? No, no, they have it too. No, they don't. They're they're they're, they're not. Just, their corners just, are around it. They have some cover in there. Yeah, they have a cover on it though. That's what I'm saying. There's something as basic as that they couldn't fix. It's just weird. I thought that was irresponsible. But yeah, he got hurt pretty badly from that. This is him here. You see him holding his arm. He comes down there and he goes over to the doctors. I watched him for this whole part afterwards. He goes over so that the doctors could check him out while the matches. I see he's just him walking across the back there. He goes over to have the doctors check on him. You see, you hear him talking about it too. You got to be careful about that kind of shit. So for anyone who's wondering exactly what happened at, at uh, his injury... Uh, finishing injury aside, match was really good, you know. Oh yeah, these are two banger teams. Like this was one of those. This was one of those must see matches for the for this for this dynamite. Yeah, absolutely, because everybody in here is very talented. Very nice opening sequence, um, uh, with Ortiz. Uh, who was it? It was Ortiz and I believe Wheeler. I'll bring it up here for you to take a look. They have a lot in common. The both teams, their members grew up hard. They grew up in different parts of the country, but they've grown up a lot of similarities. <laughs> Ortiz and Wheeler. Look at that form, right in the face. Cash Wheeler, Ortiz starting things out for each respective team. You know, Ortiz looks great. He's uh, he's slimmed down. He's improved his nutrition. He's quicker. He's faster. He's more dangerous. Now the side headlock. Ortiz ripcords out. Wheeler goes under. Takes him down. Wheeler side headlock takeover by Ortiz. Yeah, look at Ortiz go. Ortiz yeah, looking good out there, right? Ortiz is in great shape now. That's almost a page out of FTR's book oh, yeah. right there. Dude's always moved Wheeler good, but he'll get in better shape. He's helped him tremendously. Ooh, shoulder tackle. Trip attempted by Ortiz. Leapfrog up and over. And the... Oh, oh man. Ooh, Wheeler it. vaulted out of the ring. Yeah. I think that was with one foot. Time out, I like that. For the timeout. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, those fucking Just guys. taped that up, right? Sabu style. George with the arm. Fuck it. Just don't, just don't include that part about when I'm like an asshole years later. But yeah, Santana also looking good out there. Hits his variation of the three amigos. Good for him with that. Charging in. Went, oh. for the, went for that axe. But Santana blocked it. And now kicks over. Look how Santana's changed his body for the better. He's so much more serious right now about his career as is Ortiz who just got the tag. He's the legal man and the three amigos. So we're going to miss there by Wheeler. This was cool. Assisted slice bread. Nope. Instead, power bomb combo by Santana and Ortiz. That is some innovative shit right there. That's years of tag teaming together right there. You had to be able to make that happen. Because I don't even know if I've seen them do that before. Yeah. Santana also later on in this match he gets a pretty cool hot tag. I like when they give good momentum hot tags like this. Um, I got to Santana. And watch the, the burst of speed and power from Santana. Less weight, more strength. He's a better wrestler now than he was six months ago. And he's pushing the much faster pace. That benefits Ooh. Santana Ortiz. Nobody home for Dax Harwood. A little Bret Hart action there. Starting first at the top turnbuckle. And now the... There you go. Catapult. Oh, win. Harwood, his head, I think, struck the post. I think you're right. Oh, the top man caught her own. Takes out Wheeler on the... Santana's been looking good, man. 
Like, never stop moving that whole time. We got a star here. Holy shit. Santana's becoming one of my favorites. I've been saying that for a while now. And I've always been a fan of that tag team, but I mean, Santana's always been the one that stuck out to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah, something else. If we stick with this for a little while, there's an interesting Five. blind tag Two sequence from them. No fear. No hesitation. Man, if you're going to be flying around, you can't have any hesitation. If not, your move ends in a flat S-P-L-A-T. Diving foot stomp, nobody home. Santana, the Bandera launches him over the top. Tag. Ortiz got the blind tag. The roll through. Nice drop step by Ortiz. Meeting of the minds for FTR. I think that was a tag, though. Ortiz with the roll up. No! No! no. That was crazy. Look at the explosion there. I just want to remind you of the Wounded Warrior Project. Donate over $20 and receive two tickets the next Wednesday's Dynamite Homecoming Show in Jacksonville. Crazy. <laughs> that was cool. I never see a tope from that short range. Yeah, I wasn't expecting it like, either. It was less than halfway across the ring. <laughs> totally was wasn't expecting that. Steps and don't. Like at all. Uh, finally, you get a Darby Allen promo, and this is our first official CM Punk tease, right? Yeah. It, and almost at this point, they'd be trolling you if it turned out not to be it. But that'd be some shit. Yeah. Men in this world that have laid claim to how they're the greatest. And there's only one place to really prove that. Right here in AEW. Even if you think you are the best in the world. Uh-oh. <laughs> Phil, you have been summoned. They just they said it. At this point, fans would hate them if it wasn't going to happen. Right. At this point, they would hate the shit out of them. Oh, boy. Craziness. But so what it's are you, not over. No, it is not. Because you get the IWGP United States heavyweight title match of Lance Archer defending his championship against Ukulele. Yeah, Ukulele. Ukulele. <laughs> With Haku. Haku actually shows Yo, up there. I pop for Haku. That is something else, man. Good old Haku. He still looks good. Yeah, damn sure does. Bring that up. But then again, Haku's feet. always taking good care of himself, even like in his older age. So. Oh, watch out, King Haku! <laughs> Ooh! Oh! The tongue and death grip. And he drove Archer into the barricade. Look at Haku. Right now, fuck around, Haku, looking like he still got one more run in him. No, definitely, definitely don't do that. And of course, Lance Archer. Lance Archer, for a man his size, he sure as hell has the moves to fly. It's a fight. He went all the way to the finals of the TNT title tournament. He does the rope walk like Taker into that moonsault spot. Shades of John Don Chardine, the spoiler. Good looking stuff there. It's. What I like about that is Archer went back to a forgotten aspect of his ability as a wrestler. Back at TNA, the moonsault was his finisher. Oh, when he like was Lance Hoyt? Toy days, that was one of his go-tos. So, yeah, they forgot that that big man could move. Which, by the way, his name's still Lance Hoyt on his Twitter account. So, that's what he sees yeah. himself as. I know people go, oh, you still call him Lance Hoyt? He still calls himself Lance Hoyt. He never forgot where he came from. Nope, never. Anyway, Blackout is the finisher to this no legal Leo title. Yo, could be in trouble. We're seeing the first title opportunity in the career of this young man. He's only been a pro less than five years. Archer center of the ring to blackout. The cover. 
Yep, so we are getting Hiroshi Tanahashi versus Lance Archer for the IWGP US title. Which makes sense. Lance Archer, who's been oh, familiar with New Japan for years. It's kind of funny, um, because, you know, the Blackout's original name was uh, the EBD Everybody Dies. Do you remember how that became his thing? No. I can't remember what specific match, what specific match it was, but it was back in the days of uh, Killer Elite Squad. He and Davy Boy Smith came back pissed. Like I'm talking about, like enraged. And at one point during the promo, he just starts screaming, "Everybody dies!" He said it like ten times in this one promo, and then that just became his thing from that point on. Yeah, that's pretty. That's crazy. I'll never forget that promo because it scared the living shit out of me. Because <laughs> it was the first time I see him since, since TNA, and I was like, "Oh." oh. So you big mad, okay. Oh, what's up, Patrick? Didn't even see you there, man. What's Sorry, cracking, have, buddy? As the show goes on, I get more and more screens and shit open, and I lose more and more track of what's going on. That's why sometimes you guys might hear me slow down, because I'm trying to have all the shit in front of me. But Patrick, what's up, bro? That means that I already won that uh, freaking dispute over there, if they're able to see the chat room. I won at mid-show, <laughs> because they block it out until you win the dispute. How many people do that shit real time? We kick ass in real time. There's people who don't know how to do that in fake time. <laughs> shit. What a bad joke, right? That was awful. Shame bad on you. their ability to do it in real time, right? Ha <laughs> ha. So we get some Cody Rhodes McCallie Black action. I like the way that this played out. This was the ambush backstage with Tony Khan right there watching. Cody Rhodes, next week, you and Malachi Black on Dynamite from Jacksonville. So much happening in our world. Our Malachi Black. I like that it became a brawl like this. Ambushing Cody Rhodes. Cody fight for his life here. Surrounded by concrete and steel. He's been ambushed before, guys. We know that. That's I love that Cody catches him here with that with his signature where he drops down that drop down punch. Fuck you. <laughs> Caught him with that in the suit. You gotta be a suave motherfucker to catch somebody with that in the suit. <laughs> you know. That was a live round by Malachi Black. Like I legit had to rewind it when he goes like, oh no way. How cool is that? Oh yeah, that becomes quite the brawl, right? But uh, wait, I gotta go back because something else happens. There's a few other things. I like this whole part, but it's more fun. He's out of control. Is black. I love how sudden he is. Very calculating. Very dangerous. A truly evil man. Very twisted. So my, I don't know why, but I really enjoyed the fuego de sol part coming up. To the house of black. A very twisted, very violent man who just dropped Cody Rhodes. They will collide next week right here live on TNT and Dynamite. So everybody comes out, just as I call it in wrestling, the older king's horses and all the king's men. Tread lightly, gentlemen. All right, we got some wrestlers that come out. There's Fuego. Watch Fuego here. Oh, my God! It was Fuego Del Sol. He just knocked him out. Malachi Black dropped Cody Rhodes. And we need to restore order. We will need to take a short break, but don't. Yeah, you're going to need a break, right? Wake his ass up. You know, motherfuckers are smelling salt. He did that shit like, well, I got to kick somebody. Fuego. I feel so bad. <laughs> he came 
out to help Cody and got knocked smooth the hell out. Now you need help too, motherfucker. Wouldn't that be so funny if every time somebody gets knocked out by him that wasn't meant to get knocked out, they just don't come out anymore? Like that's the last time we see Fuego come out to help somebody. Until there's no more people to come out and help Cody. You get kicked one time and it's like, nope, never again. Oh, man. All right. Well, next we have, uh, I'm not spotting everything. So, just to give you an example, there was a six man tag team match Christian Cage and Jurassic Express, um, which is Jungle Boy and Luchasaurus being accompanied by Marco Stunt against the Hardy family offices and Helico Isaiah Cassidy and Mark Quinn being accompanied by Matt Hardy. I'll be completely honest with you. They managed to successfully take all of the heat and steam out of this angle and out of everybody involved at this angle. There's nothing to see here. I have no highlights to show you. I really have nothing to say. This is completely deflated from booking. I don't know why. No one in here sucks. Everyone in here is over. But just somehow they managed to structure this. I remember I think we told a story on here once. Stasis reminded me that this whole idea came from at one point. I don't even remember how we got this information. But at one point, this story came from the Hardys having a shitty manager or something. You know, or, or some story yeah, like that, right? Yeah, story from like back in their early, they, early days. They, they need to just cut it. They really do. And I don't really, I'm not even saying like kill the stable or anything. I'm just saying that the Hardy family office feuding with the Jurassic Express is a formula that doesn't work. Have the Hardy family office do something else. Have the Jurassic Express do something else. And then let's see how that turns out. Because that, that whole thing. There's nothing here. Christian goes over with a frog splash. Nothing special. Just regular fucking frog splash. Uh, and then afterward, Blade attacks Christian. There's no even point in me even showing you that. Who the fuck? Of all people. You know what I mean? Like Blade. Braxton Sutter, right? That's, that's, that's Braxton Sutter, right? Yeah, that's Allie's man. Fucking get attacked by Mad Braxton. Hey, you better get some pussy after that. That's Brad Maxton. Walk up on Allie. Remember that time I punched Christian? Get the fucking... Braden Sutter. <laughs> <laughs> Braxton Walker. Okay, we're going to be here all night. Shut the fuck <laughs> I could go on forever. Well, anyway, how far was... First of all, you got fucking Christian out here with the jungle guys, and then you have, like, the Hardy office, which is already deflated. But then you're like, but don't worry. The next feud is going to be Christian against Braxton Sutter. Blade. He's supposed to be outworking everybody. I don't think that the work starts with Braxton fucking Sutter. You know? So I'm disappointed with this. Moving along. Thunder Rosa versus Julia Hart being accompanied by Brian Pillman Jr. and Griff Garrison. Finisher fired Thunder Driver. Honestly, and it's not that I'm not a fan, nothing to see here either. This is a this is a wrestling show where we talk about news. There's no reason for me to show you her beat the fuck out of some kid. That's what happened. Thunder Rosa kicking her ass had zero excitement. A highly dangerous veteran went out there against a little girl and beat the fuck out of her for a long time. Not even a long time. It was like a minute and 15 seconds, if even. Like, she just beat her ass. All I'm saying is, boilers of Slammiversary, she showed up at Slammiversary. Her losing to Dion Perrazzo took more time than this. Like, look, I'm very fond yeah. of Thunder Rosa, but nobody ever really talks about how cool it was when Tommy beat that one putty. You know what I mean? It's kind of like, oh, look at that putty. What the fuck? I don't know why they did that. You know, it doesn't help Julia Hart. It doesn't help Thunder Rosa. Nobody even remembers that shit. Like nobody's going, man. Thunder Rosa is really dangerous because she beat Julia Hart. I just don't get it. Like, 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 but put her up against like a Nyla Rose or something, so I can at least pretend for a half a second Rose could lose this match. When when you're in situations like that, that's normally when you just do something different. Do a triple threat. Do a tag team match. 
do something that's not just her, a, a, a really strong top contender for a championship versus a rookie in the ring. Like, there's so many different things. It's not like it's boxing or MMA where you're limited to one guy versus the other. You can do all kinds of shit that's With not. Match, that they make it seem like, fuck, we have no choice but to have this person fight this person and one of them's got to win. It's wrestling. You can come up with anything. Literally. You could do a, a, a tornado tag match. You could do a triple threat match. You know what I mean? There's so many different things that you could do where one person doesn't have to do anything to the other. And you could still have everybody involved. And then that even makes it a bigger deal when you have that one-on-one title match where you get to shoot the fair one with the ref and everything. Because you've seen them in tornado matches and triple threats and tag matches. and blah. But nope, it was just like killer squash match like if this is the Sunday WWF Superstar Show. Anyway, but the good news is whoever the fuck went out to buy the Quiznos and Subways for everybody else for the first 45 minutes of the show came back in time. Because we're off of autopilot. We're no longer having fucking, uh, I don't know, Christian fighting against whoever. OP break matches. Yeah, like now all of a sudden the show, it's like, it's, it's weird how this show's booked because now all of a sudden back they're back. It just turned back to normal. It's almost like you could tell when it's the filler episodes and when it isn't you with know, them. You know what it is? It's going to sound weird as a science. It's almost giving you time to recover so then you can repop. Yeah, but don't, I don't need that much recovery. You never know. Some people out there kind of out of shape when it comes to popping. They're not fit poppers like us. Like, that was a long time. That was almost half an hour worth of, worth of recovery. But either way, we get back on track because we get a good Moxley promo. Moxley does fantastic. It's absolutely fucking excellent. Probably some of the best stuff I think he's been doing, honestly. Yeah, I wish it would load. Isn't that a pain in the ass? Yeah, don't you screw me, video. Give me a second here. I'll have to just relaunch it because for some reason the Moxley promo is not out for us. Yeah, we'll kill you. I'll never find you. Yeah, no, I got it back up again. I don't know what the fuck that was. But uh, I didn't have it for a minute. Bear with us. We're live, folks. John Moxley. Last time you saw me, I was crawling out of a pit of barbed wire hell. That's all good. That's easy money. That's not what I'm here to talk about. I'm here to talk about last night. I'm sitting at the airport bar, and I look up the TV, and I'm watching the Olympics, and I wonder... How the hell does the French and the Croatian water polo teams get in Japan when I can't? When I got business in Tokyo and my challenges are going unanswered, my contracts sent back unsigned, my phone calls unanswered. And then I show up here today and I notice that the second, the second I don't have the IWGP United States Championship around my waist anymore, now you want to put your pretty little face on TV, Tanahashi. Now you want to show up on Dynamite with your stupid little ponytail. You know, you've been dodging me for months, running from me for months. And people don't know that, do they? You know what, Tanahashi? Screw you. You don't get to wrestle me. You're dead to me. You know what I did today? I sent my boy Charlie over to FedEx with a stack about this high of contracts. I said, send that to my boy in the office in Japan. We'll see what happens. We'll see what comes through the forbidden door. I am the freaking forbidden door. You know what, Tanahashi? Maybe you're the only smart one here. Maybe I should give you some credit. Maybe you learned from your boy Nagata and from your boy Suzuki exactly what happens. Because the forbidden door might be open. But ain't nothing good waiting for y'all on the other side. That's some strong wording, my friend. Right. So some of the speculation I've been hearing is because Archer and Tanahashi will be happening at a New Japan event. What some of the talk I've been hearing is 
Tanahashi might be answering the challenge, so it might be those two at all out. I mean, I would like that, you know. I definitely don't want it to be fucking Archer. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely Archer is not going to be that. Yeah, because, I mean, it's going to be a New Japan guy. So, yeah, we... But yeah, I've been hearing talk about Tanahashi's gonna basically go at it with them all out. Yeah, well, that'll be really cool. I'd like it better than just it, them coming here, you know? Yeah, mix it up a little bit. Like. Finally, main event time. It's the second labor of Jericho. No rules match. Chris Jericho against Nick Gage. But not just any Chris Jericho. I think for the first time in the States, we got the pain maker. Yes, pain maker Chris Jericho. And not just any Nick Gage. We got probably the ugliest motherfucker I've ever seen in my life, Nick Gage. That's a grungy motherfucker. (laughs) A face that looks like he's gonna see some shit, I definitely can say that I have. You know what what Nick Gage looks like to me? Nick Gage looks like that kind of guy where if you see see him in a bar every time, he's got a different story. A face only an inebriated mother could love. Hey man, that's a fuck. That, hey, I've seen some drunk ones out there. I've been seeing them busy getting killed in COVID and Steelers or at three o'clock in the morning. I've seen it. Anyway, let's get straight to the quote-unquote wrestling. Bet MDK murdered Death It's gonna be awesome. Go! Look at that. He sliced him. Good job, Jericho, Nick huh? Gage swiping the pizza cutter. <laughs> he just caught Jericho on that that upper bicep. There's a reason this guy is my mercenary. He's one of the most dangerous. Look at that again, trying yeah. to catch you here. No idea what to expect in this thing. I'll tell you what to expect. Can we slow down and enough to see the... Okay, murder, death, kill. It's, it's it. going to be awesome. Very nice. Oh. Oh. And then that's where Jericho blades. Right when he's selling the quote-unquote slices when he actually blades. Yeah, I was trying to find it. Yeah, which, by the way, in case anybody hate to spoil it, your precious Nick Gage, how hardcore he is. Those are all gimmicked weapons. Even the fluorescent lights are gimmicked. There's no toxic we're, 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 we're not We're not in the deep indies. We don't want anybody to die over here. You know, there's a reason why wrestling's been around for decades, and that's part of the criticism of the stuff like CZW and stuff like that, that you do. It is possible. gimmick shit down there. It is possible. All of the stuff you see here was gimmicked. A thousand, thousand percent. <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you have to understand, like, they need Jericho to be here next year. Yeah, I'm sure there's no way any of that can cut or hurt, including the glass, the fluorescent lights, the thing. So I just ruined it all for you. Cornette would hate me, yeah. but he hates this kind of stuff, too. So you got to pick a side, Corny. <laughs> Nick Gage swiping the pizza cutter. He just <laughs> caught Jericho on that, that upper bicep. There's a reason this guy is my mercenary. He's one of the most dangerous individuals in the history of the sport. He may be the most dangerous ever. That's what I just said, Tony. You said one of the, oh and I was going to qualify oh, you. Oh, thanks. Freaking. Thanks for there's the help. Your, <laughs> slice him up, Nikki. Slice him up. We start with Callus. We end with MJF. Yeah, boy. How about with that? the love of God, have we done? Look at JR. Yeah, and then we're going to jump a little ahead because there's a bunch of senseless violence here. <laughs> that crazy shit. But there's the pizza cutter. That's where that gets introduced, right? Oh, yeah. This is the only scientific move this man knows. Nick Gage with the pizza cutter in hands. Carve him up. That's what he's going to do. Chris Jericho. Already a bloody mess. Oh, oh, God. God. oh no. you got to oh. be kidding me. Oh, whoa, whoa, oh, no, 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 no. Whoa. Stop Jeez. it for God's sake. Stop Jesus. it. 
There's no <laughs> pizza time. That's not what you do with a pizza cutter. Yeah, we'll get into that later too. Yay. Oh yeah. That made me laugh. So then there was a botch. And what basically winds up happening is if you're watching the match, you notice that every time Nick Gage goes under the ring for something, he's having difficulty getting it. He tries to get a chair. The chairs are placed poorly. He has difficulty getting it. He's going under the ring. Finally, he gets so mad with the positioning of the weapons that he grabs the fucking guy that's responsible for the placement of weapons around the ring on camera and pulls him the fuck over and makes him find the weapons himself. So I thought that was a really special, real moment there. Right. Oh, I'm going to bring that up. Like, like, if you've never seen those moments where somebody has clearly forgotten where they were, this was one. Oh, no, he knew where he was. He was just frustrated, you know? The, the weapons are supposed to be placed where they're supposed to be fucking placed. Nick Gage looking for even more plunder. Wait a minute! What's We're, Nick thinking here? Is he thinking at all? I don't know he's thinking at all. Uh, MJF, <laughs> I don't think he's thinking at all. I know what he's thinking. And he is hungry for blood. I know exactly what the hell he was thinking. But yeah. Get that shit out there. I'm going to fuck you till you love me. <laughs> he was thinking, fix that shit proper. That's what we want you to do. Damn it. Don't but you it know is, what watching? But it winds up being to his demise because uh, basically Jericho hits him with that avalanche hurricane rana through that glass. Delivered some right hands to the head of Nick Gage. Get out of there, Nick. Do you want your money or not? Get out of there. He's fighting. Ouch. Then we get the code breaker reversed into that fluorescent light shit that happens like a minute later. I think it was literally like an exact minute later. If I could bring it up without having to go through too much shit right here. Size engage up for the Judas effect. No, he's going for the code Ooh. breaker. Oh, into the glass. Onto the glass. We've That's seen the bone tax more times than we want to remember, but this is a different experience, a different feeling. This match has escalated to hell. <laughs> the light tube. That glass could go right through the skin, through pulmonary arteries. I am so happy right now. And Jericho. This is insane! It is. We knew it would but be. But why is it crit? Just go down. Just go down, you idiot. He's the pain maker. Nick. Yeah. Oh. He's not getting up now, boys. The power driver on the glass. That is brutal. Dirty and grimy as advertised. Mm-hmm. Brutal. And you get some real graphic shit right here. Stab him. Stab him. I think he's got a shank. Oh, That's what you get, Chris. That's what you get. You should have stayed down. Uh, and Nick Gage, now he's going to use the end of that, that broken light tube. This is just simply barbaric. Oh, my God. Oh, Gage on the yacht, for God's sakes. <laughs> they did a really good job with this. I'll give them the credit for that, as stupid yeah, as it is. Sure it is. That's brutal right there. Maybe that'll be the graphic. <laughs> Whoever thought that that would be the graphic. I'm not saying sure. it will be. No promises. It's a contender. 
But I did take a screenshot. <laughs> That's even better with the arm flailing like that. Right? Look at me doing post production during production. Two screenshot. Can we get a better one? We are the law. It's no rules and the Okay, anyway. Were there any other spots and stuff that was happening here? Let's see. Uh, oh, JR. I love the JR commentary once again here. Because you could tell JR is not having a good time, right? But I love the fact that he no sells Tony here. Listen to this. And no. My God. Yeah, this is fun. Oh, this is guys. fun. But what 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 <laughs> hard stopping hell of a program. This is the place to be every week. Is it not? He fucking left him. Fine. He left him there. Sarcastic. That was his voice before. Yo, the way he left that in the air. His that's a case of his silence speaking for him. Listen, listen to how he didn't agree with Shivani. That's my favorite part. And no. My God. Yeah, this is fun. This is fun. But what? 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 Heart-stopping hell of a program. This is the place to be every week, is it not? You could feel Jr. Snare like this on two fucking Nick Gage. It's oh, the quiet the whole fucking time. <laughs> Am I right? Am I right? Fucking <laughs> Excalibur just like, and I'm just going to move on. Oh boy! So then, finally, he does go over. Um, I think right there, as a matter of fact. Yeah, he he actually yeah he uh he he pulled the keep it running. How convenient, perfect. Heart stopping hell of a program. This is the place to be every week, is it not? You just had to cast a sigh over again, didn't you? Nick Gage. Oh, the what? Jericho with the mist, mist, the mist into the eyes of Nick Gage. That's a great Moody's mist. I didn't know it anywhere. And oh, the bundle of light tubes. And the no, 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 no. Scored. Kick out, Nick. Kick. God damn it. Jericho wins. Jericho wins. Yeah, that's quite the sight. I love the shout out to Muda. Yeah, of course. Then it's always, course, great. it's always better too when you see it from somebody who like you never expect to pull it. So then MJF comes out and he gives this. Is you have to hit a maneuver off the top rope in order to win. The next challenge of Jericho. Goes, Chris. Unfortunately for you, I'm known to hold a bit of a grudge. Roll the tape. It's almost like your parents got horny while they were watching me beat up Juventud Guerrera 25 years ago on WCW Saturday night. And nine months later, your little twerp ass popped out. Who the hell is Hoovy? Google it, baby. Google it. Hell of a joke, Chris. But unfortunately for you, I did Google him. <laughs> One of the greatest luchadors in the history of professional wrestling is coming back to TNT after 15 years. 
to face his oldest and most bitter rival, the Juice Juventud Guerrero! Yeah! Oh, we got Hoovy back. The juice is loose. Somebody, um, apparently there's a speculation going around that next week he will come out as Lionheart Chris Jericho. Yeah, that's the word. Because, I mean, he brought back the pain maker, so he might bring back Lionheart. That's a bit too far, but we'll see. Yes. I feel like it might be for the pop just to get the outfit back. But, I mean, yeah, that, that's, that's a really quite, quite a ways back. But we got the juice. Mm-hmm. That is what AEW Dynamite brought to the table this week. Definitely violent. Not gonna lie about that. They 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 ended me. Mm-hmm. So uh, there's been conflict in regards to uh, the opinions of uh, fans on whether or not this was a good look or a bad look as a wrestling company. What are your thoughts, everyone? live people commentary on demand blah 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 so i'm i'm not a big deathmatch type person but i mean i'm not gonna act like there's not a cult-like following for that shit out there like i said last week it was cool for nick cage got to be on the big spotlight in the big dance most exposure he probably seen in god knows how long but i mean you talk about it being a bad look at the same time, this whole labor of Jericho's thing is supposed to be MJF trying to either wear down Jericho. So by the time he gets to him, there's nothing left or just get rid of him before he even gets to him. Sometimes to do that, you have to get a little gritty. You have to get a little violent. I mean, it's not like we haven't seen the wrestling world do this before. I mean, what was it? How long ago we watched Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly almost kill each other in an unsanctioned match? Yeah, there's level of violence, levels of violence that aren't exactly mainstream anymore, but that's why it makes it different when you do have to go to that place. I'm not exactly, like I said, I'm not exactly big on death matches, but I feel like there's some cases where, hey, if a death match shows up, it's not like it happens all the time. So. Quest said he's seen more blood in a clay guida fight. True. <laughs> he's not wrong. So Domino spokeswoman Jenny Farakre Petko told front office sports thursday we share the concerns expressed about this incident and the content of this tv 14 rated program and are assessing our advertising presence on it going forward and i guess this is because they use the pizza cutter Damn. like it cuts his forehead and the pizza next time they should just use the crust <laughs> which one will cut deeper yeah held the crust up and cut it across jericho's forehead would that make them feel better if he would have used the crust well, itself? Again, can, I, I, I don't know the I don't know the Rick. You can't gimmick the crust. No, you can't. Write, write, write it down. down. <laughs> <laughs> that is amazing. I was already on the way to my notepad before I said anything. You can't gimmick the crust. Yo, I know you took a screenshot of that shit from that fucking main event. Yo, we might just have the combination. Yeah, I think it's already all been figured out. This whole situation sorted itself, really. Post-production, done. <laughs> and apparently the, the past Blue Ribbon Twitter account, which is a beer, um, they kind of troll Domino's. They put this ain't it, Domino's, in response to the uh, how upset they were. And they said, yo, AEW, let us get those spots in regards to the advertisements, I guess. Past Blue Ribbon hey, beer. The ship, so. They put in the caption, gang-affiliated. 
and then they deleted the Domino's app with a screenshot showing future endeavored. <laughs> what the fuck is going on here? Assholes, man. You know that, right? <laughs> I don't know if this is what Nick and Matt meant when they said that they were going to change the world. Now you got PBR and fucking Domino's viewing the shit. Yeah. Like, that'd be, I mean, that's a lot of lost revenue, Domino's. Like, a lot of wrestling fans eat pizza. You shouldn't have went there. That was a stupid move. Look, we got Little Caesars. We got Papa John's. We got, I don't know if we still got pizza. Of we got all kids, the right? battles for a pizza company to pick would be to criticize a wrestling company. I couldn't right. think of a shittier business move than to now be like, just want to throw it out there, but we don't like this. Pulling now unsubscribed <laughs> and there was rumors going around that wwe started planting these stories and all this other shit i don't know we'll, we'll see take it with a grain of salt i don't know how far the rabbit hole goes of this thing of pizza gate pizza gate 2.0 pizza gate. next week aew announced homecoming if they will be returning to jacksonville christian cage versus the blade can't wait have it marked on my calendar the Bunny versus Layla Hirsch, another another one right there, white hot action. Cody Rhodes versus Malachi Black. Look, somebody, the Booker came back from the toilets. And then Miro versus Lee Johnson, and he's gone again. And also, what's up with this <laughs> AEW homecoming shit? Like, every week, it's Fighter Fest, Fight for the Fall, and Fighter Fest Night 2. Like, do we ever well, have regular... Big stuff. Do we ever have Dynamite, like regular old Dynamite anymore, or every week special? No, when you, well, I don't know when you actually roll out the big guns, it's not Goldberg. I mean, yeah, it's just weird. Like they don't need to name every show something special. Fight for the fallen, fighter fest, fight for the beloved. It's like just, just fight. How about AEW? Just fight. You know, I think that's better than all the ones they've done. Yeah, you say that, just fight. Don't draw. Don't say shit. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> you know, just don't, just, just don't fight. You know. But overall, I did like the show. There was a, there was a lot of filler stuff there, but I did like the show. Um, now, in regards to my opinion, as far as the death matches go, you guys already know how I feel about death matches. I don't think that that's wrestling. Nick Gage does have a body of work, though he does he is able to wrestle. But I, I'm not a big fan of it. I don't really think that in this particular instance it offended me, just because it was a lot more fake than it usually is. That being said. This makes them being a mainstream company look bad. Like, you remember when we were on here talking about Dixie Carter and how when she got Davy Richards and Eddie Edwards, the way she announced it was she was in a restaurant and she wrote DR and EE on a restaurant napkin, took a picture of it and then posted it. And we were just like, that's cool and everything. But like, imagine if that's how Vince McMahon like announced an acquisition, like he was just sitting at like a fucking Red Lobsters or something, you know, or a TGI Fridays or whatever. And you just saw him just write like initials on a napkin it would just be unusual it's just unbecoming it's the things you got to kind of be you got to kind of dressed for the job that you want not for the job that you have that kind of philosophy a mainstream company in wrestling would never have a match like that and it's like they need to decide now if they want to be able to do shit like that and just be considered small time or if they want to abandon that because unfortunately you, there is not really a lot of fans that will enjoy this and when you do things like that it does make you look small it makes you look like a small time thing because no one really would do this kind of stuff um and really at the end of the day this is one of those scenarios that i don't really think that most real wrestling fans are entertained by this kind of stuff at the best case you're gonna get is that it doesn't bother them 
you're not going to get anyone to be like it was awesome. So it's not even worth looking small in the face of adversity right now, which is how it really looks. It does. This does not look like the competition to WWE when you have pizza carters. For me, it's not even about oh, all the violence and all is too bloody. It's more like pizza carters and fluorescent lights does not paint the image that I see as WWE's competition. Nick Gage doesn't isn't what I perceive as being the star that pushes the bar and is seen as WWE's competition. So I can definitely see where you're coming from. But I think I would see it like that more if this was like a reoccurring thing, not just we're not going to see Nick Gage again because we know we're not going to see him again. Like that, 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 that's it for him. But I can definitely see where you're coming from. Yeah, yeah, I have no idea. I, I it was a one-off, but I think it's kind of like one of those one-offs that just didn't need to happen, unfortunately. You know, like not right now. Like in this period of their growth, they've had too much already. It's like they can't. They keep dipping their hand into this kind of shit. It's not even like the. I remember one time, the first time Moxley did a match, they were like, "Oh, they're not gonna. This isn't gonna be a repeated thing." And it's ever since it's been a fucking repeated thing. You know. Not really good. Eric Bischoff chimed in on that a little bit. I actually wanted you guys to hear that here from good old Save with Comrade. Let's see here. Job that Evan and his team do. I love. I love for the most part the dark side of the ring. Some of it is a little too much for me, you know. And I'm and I'm still conflicted in a way because. Give me an example. What's too much for you? Um, who was the cat that uh, almost killed David Arquette? Oh, Nick Gage. He just showed up on AEW this past week. Yeah. Just, I just don't think that kind of thing. Number one, it doesn't interest me. I have zero interest in any of that style of wrestling. I think it's bad for the industry in general. Oh, I think it appeals to such a small portion of the audience that the larger portion of the audience is turned off by it. You know, those guys that love that, we saw it the other night with Moxley and whatever his name was, where they're you know, just digging into each other with a fork. It's like, all right, cool, whatever. You know, for me, it's just, I, I, don't, I won't watch that kind of stuff. Number one, it's not entertaining. There's nothing magic about it. You know, it's, there's, there's, there's no creativity in it. It's just gore and blood for the sake of gore and blood. And I recognize that's my subjective taste. That's me personally. And I, they're not trying to appeal to me. So I'm not criticizing them, criticizing them, them being AEW in this case for doing it. I'm just telling you how I feel as someone who'd been in the business for a minute. And as a viewer, as a viewer, there's nothing there that makes me go, wow, how did they pull that off? Wow. That was really creative. That created an emotion to me that no one has created in a long time. None of that. It's just like, I don't know, whatever. But I also know certain people like it. But when the dark side of the ring focuses too much on that type of a story, um, I think it gives the entire industry a bad name. You know, the passive wrestling audience, the advertising community, the television network executive community when people see that kind of thing they walk away with a perception of what professional wrestling is and that perception becomes harmful in the long run so i i get it i love the storytelling 
that I see out of, doc, uh, out of dark side for the most part, for the vast majority of them, I really, really enjoy them. But when you get too dark like that, uh, I don't know. I just think it's not good for the business long-term overall, but you know, the Jake Roberts story, um, for example, um, uh, that was dark. That was hard to watch. Yeah, it was, but I don't think it hurt the business. I think Grizzly Smith was exposed. I think in every walk of life, there are judges what right now sitting behind a bench that shouldn't be judges. There are doctors that have dark aspects of their personalities and habits and lifestyles that shouldn't be doctors. There are members of the clergy and leaders in a religious community. Same thing. Politicians, well, you almost got to be kind of a creep to be a politician anymore. It there, there are those people in all, all walks of life, but it doesn't necessarily make the entire industry look bad. You know, the, the Grizzly Smith episode on Dark Side was one of them. It was a really, really dark story, but I don't think it hurt the business. Well, I, uh, I hate to disappoint you, but this is my wallet and uh, inside. It's just a little joke after that. You don't have to hear the rest of it. I was wondering where I was about to go. I was like, oh, God, what's the fuck is he about to pull out his wallet? I mean, I'll, I'll let you finish it. I won't leave people hanging here. But... Don't you cliff hanging me like that. I have a metal card. I'm MDK all fucking day, Eric. I'm gang affiliated. I'm a part of Nick Gage's <laughs> gang. And, uh, yeah. And he, had to, and he had to rip off an NWO logo to do it. <laughs> Can we not have anything nice anymore, Eric? I'm trying to make you laugh. I'm trying. <laughs> you just had to point that out, didn't you, Eric? <laughs> it was a kick-ass logo okay jesus yeah don't be hating the logo so yeah bischoff he makes points about i didn't even think about sponsors i just thought about being mainstream in general but yeah the sponsorships and shit it's just and then yeah that most importantly the point that he brought up is that perception that it leaves of wrestling being like that it just looks stupid you know it's like they've done it a lot it's not like it's one time it's pretty fucking regular now we've had exploding death matches and fluorescent lights and glass and thumbtacks and they've only been around under two years you know like it's a lot so i don't know we'll see eventually it'll either pay off or it won't you know but i think eventually you will get start seeing burnout of that kind of shit uh john moxley is going to be going to new japan pro wrestling resurgence hear about this called out i'm tired of calling them the fucking bull the fucking Good brothers, Gallows and Anderson. I just want to send a little message real quick after that match to New Japan Pro Wrestling. Wherever my travels in the sport take me, you can be damn sure of one thing. I will settle scores that need settling. Whether it takes months, weeks, days, hours, years, I will eventually get you. I will settle a score. And I got a little bit of business with these Bullet Club type guys. And I was just thinking, you know, on the 14th, I got a buddy of mine meeting in LA for some beers. So why don't we make it a two for one? Good brothers, Gallows, Anderson. You meet me at Resurgence in LA. And I'll have a surprise for you. If you got the balls between the two of you. Wonder who he's gonna have with him. Yeah, I've heard talk that he could be reunited with Sammy Callahan. Yeah, but he's gonna be reuniting with Sammy Callahan and Sammy's own own 
wrestling company that he has his own indie fed that's confirmed but that has nothing to do with new japan yeah i mean that's the only name that a lot of people because i think it says a partner from like somewhere around a decade ago but that's the one name i've seen pop up so far but who knows who it could be moxley moxley got so many fucking friends in the indies it could be anybody it'll definitely be interesting to see that being said, AEW Dynamite burden 1,108,000 overnight viewers for Fight for the Fall and earning a point forty five in the 18 to 49 demographic, including 582,000 viewers for that demographic. So they are down, actually, from the 1.148 million viewers for Fighter Fest Night 2, uh, but not by much. They're still over a million. A yeah, million three weeks in a row, but yeah, a little bit of a drop. Yeah, it's not terrible, you know. Once you get past that, once you get like past that million mark, drops like that don't hit as hard. Yeah, you're right. Like you're anywhere like below one million, you drop forty thousand. It's like, oh shit. <laughs> once you get past a million, it's like a mosquito bite. It's like, all right, cool. Mm-hmm. Well, they're doing good. They're doing good. That yeah. brings us to uh, brings us to Friday night SmackDown episode one thousand one hundred forty-five. Had a couple of dark matches. Hey, my there. Cole, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> Austin Theory is against Odyssey Joan and Leah against Indy Hartwell were the dark matches. John Cena opens the show lighting up Roman Reigns with mic skills. He talks about how uh, he Roman basically doesn't want to fight him based not because of how he looks, but because of how he's going to make him look. Uh, he also talks about how Roman has to change his gimmick every two years because uh, the fans stop caring for him every two years. And then he brings back up the missionary. As much as they try to hide that missionary shit, he brings up the fact that if you can find someone who makes missionary interesting for 20 years, keep them. Valid point, too, you know? Yeah. <laughs> if you if you just there, just missionary, and you stuck around for 20 fucking years, you better lock that shit down. Yeah, look at that, man. Good philosophy. That's a wise man speaking there, you know? Some motherfuckers can't keep missionary interesting for 20 minutes. Like, missionary should never be boring. I never even knew that could be a thing. <laughs> you learn something new every day and all yeah. just power G.I. Joe. Hey, look at that. Roman's teaching me. Nothing I need. <laughs> no information that I need, but definitely information. You know? But yeah, John Cena's still dangerous on the mic. Let's not forget he goes one on one against people like The Rock. You know? Reasons, I mean, did you see that video? He rejected me because I didn't change my music. I didn't change my look. And I didn't change who I was right here. That is so stupid. That is like asking Stone Cold Steve Austin oh, hell yeah. to come back to the WWE as Sasquatch Steve Houston. Or if The Rock finally came back to the WWE... He would come back as Dwayne Too Small Johnson. And instead of saying, if you smell what the rock is cooking, he would say, like, will you do you consensually touch what the small Johnson is barely holding? You see, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous because that's not who those guys are. Who Roman Reigns is nothing more than a lazy stooge named Joe. 
who coasts by on every gimmick in the system and is nothing more than a blood-sucking product of this machine who is so, so afraid to fail. Roman, I would have embarrassed your ass at SummerSlam and you know it. You didn't reject me because of how I look. You're afraid to fight me because of how I make you look. John, John, John. This was so random. Like, why the fuck did Corbin come out? Because they have to make us pity Corbin because he's the baby face. I lost my crown. I've lost my cars. I'm about to lose my house. Somebody stole my identity and my credit is trashed. This guy's life. This part and to top it off, last week, I don't know if you saw, but I sustained an injury to a very sensitive part of my body. And uh, Well, John, now I'm unable to surf the internet, <laughs> eat breakfast cereal, uh, go to a walk in the park. No, John, I'm unable to perform. Losing a crowd is not result the, in the, people. And all right. the, and the, and okay, that's fine. That's fine. You got to give the man yes, space on yes. that. And, and because of that, my wife left. She took the kids. So I don't know what to do, but I'm back there and I see the charity. Your wife left because your dick didn't work after it got, hit, after it got shot by a tank? <laughs> is that really the storyline? Yeah, she, she never loved you to begin with. I can't believe that that's actually what's written into this storyline. His wife and kids left him because after Shotzi and Tegan shot the fucking tank at his dick, it stopped working. I love has the anti. That man has the anti-skip CD player of dicks. I love the fact that when he got shot last week, Owens asked him if he's okay, and he just shook his head no. <laughs> Continuity. He was not okay. John Cena, the man that grants so many wishes, and I think. If somebody can help me, man, it's you. Can you help me? This is SmackDown. I loves me some audience participation. Twin Cities, should we help them at? I need a definitive answer. <laughs> Some yes is a, a definitive answer. Do we help this man? Still some strong no's in there. I, got, I can't make heads or tails of that. I got, I got some. This is all I got. What did he give him with this couple bucks? John, you're rich, man. You're a Hollywood superstar. This is it. Look, it doesn't have to be money. I'll work for it. Put me in your next movie. Put me in the Suicide Squad. Okay, that's a great idea, but uh, we we are we're already done filming the Suicide Squad. It actually comes out on Friday. Make sure to see it. Good Making the peace. Making the peace. John, I'm perfect for this though. Like, look, a guy down and out on his luck with nothing to live. Oh my God! Let's go ahead on this. John, 
You really are a selfish, self-absorbed tightwad. With an ego the size of the state of California. You Hollywood sellout. It's okay. It's okay. This is what I like to call a teachable moment. I say we help this man. Yes. I will give you something. Something you very desperately need. An attitude adjustment. Oh, Cena's holding up. An AA. At least try to struggle out of it, Corbin. Baron Corbin's life continues its downward spiral. And Cena, a week of pent up frustration, delivering the AA to Baron Corbin. Oh, boy. Rey Mysterio with Dominic against Jimmy Uso with Jay. Winner being Rey because Dominic steals oh. one for Poppy, right? What was that? Literally did the exact same thing. Roll reversal. Yeah, like I said, he stole one for Poppy. Because the ref ain't noticed Dominic's lanky ass body in the fucking ring. Nope. Same shitty spot. Yes, me, oh, you learn quickly. Remember when Corey yeah, fucking, the blind spot. When McAfee said that when he was like, he's upset because he disrespected his Miho. <laughs> so we get a nice return here. Let me jump to that real quick. Yeah. You know what return this is, right? Because the heels are attacking Bianca Belair, Carmella and Zelina Vega are all on top of her. Beautiful. There you go. Show some appreciation to the champ. Moving along, you got Reginald, right? My boy Reg. Oh, we got Reggie. The Regmeister. Change accent. No accent. Saw the perfect opportunity standing right there before me. And as I'm here on SmackDown as the 24 7 champion, I'm happy. <laughs> and I don't know who my opponent is. All I was told was show up and defend my title. I'm just happy that it's in the ring because as the 24-7 champion, you have to be ready for any opponent anywhere at any time. I mean, Did you see this? Look at the botch. A guy actually came out. That's a shoot guy that accidentally came out at that moment. Watch that shit. Oh, yeah. saw the perfect opportunity standing right there before me. And as I'm here on SmackDown as the 24-7 champion, I'm happy. Someone accidentally comes off from behind him. All I was told was show up and defend my title. I'm just happy that it's in the ring because as the 24-7 champion, you have to be ready for any opponent anywhere at any time. Look at that guy's face like, whoops. I am constantly looking over my shoulders. Wow. Checking. <laughs> you could have went so good with the promo. <laughs> 
Under the, under, under my car. <laughs> fucking guy in the background. I mean, I could, dude, you couldn't time that shit better. He went, he, he went, it could be any opponent at any time. And the guy came out, I thought it was part of the angle at first. Come shoot, man. And then he went, I'm constantly looking over my shoulders. And there was a guy, that's probably where Kayla's smiling like that. That's awesome. I even have a rear view mirror on my shopping cart. <laughs> that's how come you saw that guy, right? You know where I'm from? My hair was always been on the swivel. I've always been on the swivel because. Trouble usually comes my way from every direction. Okay, we get it. We know how trouble works. Anyway, you get the 24-7 title match of Reginald against Chad Gable with DQ, thanks to Otis. doesn't make any sense to DQ on a title that he can run away from you 24-7. But sure, if that's how you guys resolved, not losing is by not winning it. You know what I mean? Like, your only hope of getting this title is to pin somebody, but you get yourself DQ'd out of a fucking match for it. Good job. You guys are brilliant. Um... What else, what else, what else, what else? Oh, yes, you get the uh, freaking Finn Roman contract signing, right? Yes, this official shoot authentic contract signing. Yeah, quite a few little quips in here. Let's jump ahead through all the bullshit in the chaffa. We've already seen Mr. Missionary tonight. (laughs) As a matter of fact, Finn... Did you catch his opening promo? You know what he said, right? John said that by accepting your challenge, I'm ducking him. I'm ducking him. So that means he thinks you're lesser than him. You're a lesser man than him. That's what he thinks. That's what he said. Valid. I'd boo too. It's a jerk thing to say. <laughs> I love how he's gone from being so deadly serious and then added like a quite a bit of asshole to it. Yeah, like he's a professional asshole now. And that leads to one of the weirdest fucking turn of events ever. Don't you be fucking stupid. He's trying to beat him up to, to sign the contract himself. Whoa, 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 whoa. Baron away on Finn Balor. Where did Baron Corbin come from? Oh, my God. Now Corbin's got the contract. What? He said desperate men do desperate things. I love how he points out the size of the Sharpie. Cena signs it with his left hand. That signature is awesome. What does this... Does this mean... This means Roman's displeased. This means one of the Raw writers slipped in and wrote his segment. (laughs) Because guess what? It's official. The, The contract that was drawn up for Finn and Roman. Is now official for Roman and Cena. Yep. 
Sure is. Now y'all see everything wrong with that picture, right? Welcome to Minneapolis. Yeah, well, let's go back to what the explanation was for that. Congratulations. I bet you just moved up in the board of directors. Here's a question for you. What are you going to do about SummerSlam? What do you mean? Well, come on. Let's be real here. It's Finn Balor's name on the contract, and it's Judge! I love how angry he was. John Cena, that's not legal and binding. Really? Really? So So what are you going to do for the main event of SummerSlam? This is is what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that I see Roman Reigns' signature. I see that And I'm going to say that I see John Cena's signature. And I'm going to say right to your face that that is good enough for me. This contract is officially ratified. Roman Reigns will defend his Universal Championship at SummerSlam against John Cena. Good to see you, Paul. Welcome to Minneapolis. So there's their reasoning. You don't like it? I like the reasoning behind the end of Game of Thrones more. <laughs> so the purpose of bringing Finn was what? Yeah, I don't know. He just got cast aside. So, so, so what? So what you're telling me is, is since Bill and Lashley have not signed a contract yet on TV, what I can do is I can show up at Raw next week. I can just sign my name on the contract, and then it's me versus Lashley. All right, cool. Yeah, it works like a money in the bank. You cash it in. problem right there, because apparently their shoot contracts make as little sense as their fucking worked ones. What? Like, let's just say in theory, okay, maybe you're being an asshole. You still just made yourself look fucking stupid. Well, you get more McAfee dancing if that makes you feel better. Yes. And that's it. You get the six-man tag team match of Biggie, Cesaro, and King Nakamura against Apollo Crews, Dolph Ziggler, and Robert Roode. And uh, there were a couple of weird things here. So first of all, Commander Aziz grabbing a guitar by the fucking strings, dude. Like, Stasis pointed that out, but how much of an amateur do you have to be? You don't understand instruments. Maybe that's why you shouldn't be using them. Could lose your damn fingers, kid. You become commander, no fingers. Almost ends this thing with the king. Then he can walk around and be like, Andy, you know, the thing about having no fingers is. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. You gotta be careful. Now, the edge thing here. Did you catch the edge? What happened to edge? Oh, God. I forgot to refresh my memory, but oh, Christ. Also, I will say, um, cool detail, him wearing a Dominic Mysterio shirt. And they do just that. So Edge comes out. Here's another great SmackDown cut. The rated R superstar, Edge, is here live next. Back on Friday Night SmackDown on Fox, Seth Rollins is the ring. Like we expect to be for the commercial break because this is oh, yeah. <laughs> when we went to commercial. Remember, Edge Pat was on his way out to the ring. Edge about to get into the ring here on Friday Night SmackDown. But he was attacked, ambushed from behind by an irate. Why did that all happen during the fucking commercial? Like, isn't that important to not happen during the commercial? 
because of the second screen. I mean, the peacock. I mean, the net. Yeah, the whatever, right? Anyway, thanks to the return and save from Sasha Banks, we get a tag team match of Carmella and Zelina Vega against Bianca Belair and Sasha Banks. Finish being the bank statement. Interesting spots here, such as the press slam of Bianca Belair with Sasha Banks. We're going to put on the screen here. I thought this was fantastical. Sasha's power. Or Bianca's power. Sasha buying in. Incredible. Yeah. Brutal stuff. Uh, Zelina hits this octopus lock here. It also looks good. I think it's actually we could just let her run and we'll see it. We now know John Cena faces Roman Reigns at SummerSlam. Meanwhile, our main event tonight, Sasha Banks, the boss, is back. Teaming with the SmackDown Women's Champion, Bianca Belair, against Zelina Vega and Carmella, who have taken over this tag team match. And Zelina Vega looking really good here against the Women's Champion. Yeah, good old Zelina. Um, Also, the unique X Factor. She can make this a little bit smoother in the transition. Um, Let's see if I find it here. It'll look good. The problem was just that it, it wasn't as seamless I would have liked it to be. But this right here. Banks heading up to the top rope. She's pumped. Welcome back, Sasha Banks. Splash, covered by Banks. And Carmella breaking things up. Right in the nick of time. Here it comes here. Her to the corner. Tag. And here marks Carmella. Oh, and a kick by Carmella. Caught Banks. And Carmella looking to ruin Sasha Banks. Oh, coming! And they do it with a face plant. See, not bad. Yeah, not bad at all. But did you see it coming? The second she came out, I saw it coming. You know why? Because the last time Sasha was gone for a while and she came back, it happened. Just not as quick this time. That's her MO, huh? But I figured it was a lot of the reasons. She whips her ass for a really long time, by the way. Where was everybody at? There was no there was no officials or anything out here to stop this. One ref is the only person there. Was she to pay off everybody backstage? Just so y'all know, I'm gonna fuck this bitch up. None of y'all the most beat up that she's been uh, seen her since the beginning of this company. Of the boss. It doesn't stop there. It keeps going and going and going and going. The energizer. Jump ahead because she comes back.
Yeah, it doesn't look pleasant. Nope. Sasha tweeted, ain't no cookie cutter, bitch. Hashtag boss tag. Ha- boss time hashtag the yeah, blooper. Yeah, well, well. That was a friendship gone wrong. SmackDown brought in an overnight viewership of 1.909 million viewers. Garnering a 0.5 in the 18 to 49 demographic. 2.4 million viewers last week, so they're down a little bit underneath the 2 million viewer mark. And... Point fifty in the 18 to 49 demographic last week. Pretty much around the same. But apparently it's because of the Olympic game because the opening ceremony was there and apparently the torch didn't get dropped or anything this time. I watched that shit back so many fucking times this past week. <laughs> Wish he had to run with a torch listing. You know what the funniest part about it is? Anybody who remembers us playing that last week, what made it so funny is I only watched up until the torch fell. So the rest of it, I was watching in real time. She like, this bitch had to run far as shit with no flame. She should have channeled her spirit energy into that shit like Kuwabara. Spirit fire! Get on! Yeah, exactly, you know. <laughs> Running with a fucking torch with no flame. Unbelievable. Okay. Oh my god, is it time to talk about Raw? It is... So Bobby Lashley opens the show and Goldberg comes out. And does he have different sons or did the other one just hit puberty? The other one hit puberty and put his shirt on. That was the actual kid we used to see? Basically what I called him, um, he went from topless Goldberg kid to now he's greater value no Dar. Yeah, he looked like I thought that was Hook at first. But then I realized he didn't have the muscles that that was about to say. Then I realized he didn't have Hook's muscles. I was kind of like, nah, he's too and skimpy. Ho- and Hook's dad was talented. This is Skimp Goldberg. This is, yeah. this is Warren Copperberg. Yeah, like, they went, what was it, MVP, and uh, Lashley went and antagonized him at the front row in that same spot they always yeah, put relatives. MVP went picking at him like, this is going to be your dad's last match, and then Goldberg hit his old man spear on him. His ugly-ass spear. God, so I lose Lashley all... Do shit. I lose all the life in me when I have to go over Raw. Let's get this over with. Drew McIntyre versus 3ND... Ends in a DQ, no contest. And then he beats the fuck out of, uh, apparently a sword beats three guys with steel chairs that all attack one at a time, just like in the old samurai movies, you know? Yep. You If one guy attacks at a time, and you get to slice each one of them. At least they didn't get killed early on, and then Tila take over for the rest of the series, right? <laughs> <laughs> what? <laughs> At the very fucking least. I just wouldn't expect you to go there. Yeah, well, at least you can get swerved that way. Nia versus Rhea. Nia gets busted open badly. What the hell happened? How does it so, feel? Nia, Nia's on the I receiving actually, end of getting her ass whipped now, huh? Right, ain't nobody gonna say shit about Rhea. But um, I actually did um, watch an, um, one of my favorite YouTubers, a botch guy who breaks stuff down like that. Apparently what happened when she came off of that torture rack it was one of those uh, one of those shots caught her. Yeah, gotcha. caught her. I believe it was. It wasn't like on her eye. It was actually right on her cheek. I love how you say the botch guy. One of these guys I I watch. Like if I didn't fucking tell you about him. <laughs> yeah. You know what it is because every now and then I think you might forget about him because I know I don't know how often you watch your stuff too. He doesn't come up on my stuff anymore. Sometimes YouTube does that. It fucks with the algorithms of things. You have to go look for it to refresh it. That's he why I don't mess with YouTube too much. All the time. Yeah, that's why I don't really promote our shit on YouTube anymore. Because we're not considered ad friendly. They treat us stuff like shit, so I treat them like shit in turn. Like literally, I think I see at least one thing before we come on the air every week. 
Yeah, I'll have to go and look but at yes, it. I'll have, I'll have something to do later on. See, you gave me something yeah. to do. See, there you go. But yeah, see, uh, the cut, you can't quite see it, but yeah, it's on her cheek, not above the eyes. So that's why there was never a moment where they slowed down because her sight was never really in danger. So she was fine. So it was the stuff on her clothing? No, it was um something, I guess it was, it was either Rhea's nail or something like right on the cheek. Because I mean, she has a whole bunch of chains and shit all over her and metal stuff coming out of her pants. You sure had nothing to do with that? Um, it didn't look like it from the footage you ran. Because that's what I was wondering. Cause I was like, like, it's all that shit she has attached to her. Oh, but uh, either way, that was that was a very bad situation to be in there. No pizza cutter required. But uh, yeah, but what was uh kind of dope because I mean she beat her with a roll up. Um, <laughs> they basically once again teased her and uh Shayna breaking up, but Rhea decides to send a message to Nikki Cross and and Charlotte Flair by hitting Nia's big ass with a riptide. Mm-hmm. She's like, if I can hit this big bitch, I can hit you too. Damn. I right. love that when she hit it, though, even she popped. Yeah. Yeah, that was great. Yeah, because she probably, I, th- I didn't know if she was going to be able to do it. I mean, she's happy. She probably tried happy. a couple of times during the match. Probably just happy to be alive, you know? Blow your shoulders out. You ain't careful doing that kind of shit. Mustafa Ali and Mansoor get killed in his hometown of Chicago by uh, the dissension. What the fuck are they called again? Um. <laughs> Damn. Donovan Dijak, Mason who I D-bar. like. Holy shit. Mason T Bar, right? Dijak and Dio Madden. Goddamn. Mason T Bar. I, le- I legit, that was legit improv. Like, I forgot who the fuck the two. I just had their faces in my head and I just threw out what came to mind. I just played charades on myself when I forgot the names. <laughs> like, the, the fucking dissension. Anyway, so they lost there. Um, Nikki Ash takes, takes out Charlotte in the back with a chair. Like a true superhero. Right. You know? That's what superheroes do most of the time, right? They fuck you up with chairs. Yeah, almost a superhero, just a little bit less now. Uh, Tamina Samoan drops Dewdrop out of her boots, and then we find out that Dewdrop's responsible for Natalia's ankle because last week she squashed her fucking leg. You know, so that sucks. She put put Natalia in a wheelchair. Is she her? Let's get that image up there properly. There you go, Natalia in a wheelchair. She's only gonna miss a few weeks, by the way, so they're not gonna have to strip the titles off. She long. won't be out long. No, nah, she'll Our be doctor back. Doctor was like, she's an anomaly, but yeah, she'll be okay. You'll probably see her by the following Raw, actually. So it's fine. And then yes, her doctor did literally say that that she is an anomaly, but she'll be okay. So yeah, there you go. Superheroes are real. They're just not the ones that they push. This one doesn't need a cape and a dumbass gimmick. Mm-hmm. Miss TV with Damian Priest. I don't know why that would be a thing that can happen. You know what I mean? I like that's stupid. Shit. It's still a thing that hasn't been shot behind the bar. You know, which leads to a match of Ricochet and Priest against Morrison and Sheamus. Um, what even fucking happened here? Remind me, please. I'm sure as soon as you told me, I remember because <sighs> I, I don't remember. Uh, I, I think, oh God, I think Sheamus interfered and then Ricochet came out and it got turned into a tag match. Holla, holla. Yeah, I remember that much. But who went over there? Oh yeah, um, Damian Priest hit uh, Morrison with uh, the reckoning. Gotcha. You know what? I thought I was gonna go. Oh yeah, but you know what? I don't remember. That's how little I gave a fuck for that because it didn't come because back to me. So fucking stupid. My favorite moment of Raw. I wish I had the clip of it, but since we come on right after Raw, we don't have the time. My favorite moment easily is when Alexa Bliss gets the the shit kicked out of her. It was just something about 
like I like her character, but I don't like the character being invincible. I like the fact that a big woman kicking you takes all the magic out of your gimmick. You know, she was all doing her thing and then Dewdrop kicked that shit right out of her. Oh, my God. Now, if she could just use her powers and kill off Eva Marie, I'll be happy. As a matter of fact, you might be in luck. I think I do have the clip here. It's worth it. It's that worth it. Right. As a fan of Piper Niven, it's worth it. Who's Piper? I'm kidding. Don't you ever. You'll fucking like <laughs> You don't like saying do drop? No. Unless we're making fun of Unless we're making fun of fucking Tammy Sedgwick. Well, don't, don't worry about that. Give me a sec here. I don't have it yet. I'll get it, though. I promise you. Just because it's in real time. Do drop. They should give Eva a pet name. Call her Dingbat. Dewdrop and Dingbat. Wow. All right, I got it now. Trust me, she'd she'd be more over than she'll ever be in this fight. (laughs) Hello, friends, and welcome back to my playground. Did you know that Lily has been so thrilled about how great this Lily Lucian's been going? But you know, Lily's actually been influencing people for quite some time. Let's see. There was Jack the Ripper... Zodiac, the dog. Oh. Oh. <laughs> that really that made my fucking made. That's, day. that's what really did it for me too, you know. <laughs> not so fucking like, not like so cute now. Jump that made me laugh. It's the sound she made. That's one thing I give them credit for. I love the fact that Dewdrop is like a legitimate threat to everybody. Like she's taking out down Oscar, she's squashed Natty. But this to me was good because they always try to make Alexa be a little bit too protected. I just like the way this this stopped her. But, 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 but they remind me of us. I have respect for her that Piper Niven is a badass. <laughs> oh, that fucking sound effect. Lily can't help you now, huh? Oh boy. What else? Keith Lee going over cross via spirit bomb. Now it could be one one, right? I mean, I guess Keith Lee winning for once. Reggie versus Tozawa with Reggie going over. He's no longer from fucking France. He's from St. Louis now, right? Good old boy. Look at how that changed drastically. He actually released a video over the weekend, didn't he, where he re- where he reveals this shit? Yes, he did. Reggie, you said you would do just about anything to be here in WWE. I mean, you helped out Carmella, Sasha, Nia. But what exactly did you mean by that? Look, I'm not from France. I'm from St. Louis, Missouri. And I've been a fan of WWE my entire life. And I saw a posting that Carmella needed a sommelier. I thought, I can do that. But she wanted me to speak French and also speak in a French accent. I'm like, if I need to do this, I, I certainly can. But that was never the goal. My goal was to get a foot into the door. And now I'm the 24-7 champion. Gimmick change, just like Kofi. Only difference is in reverse. Well, not even in reverse, but with an actual explanation. Yeah, and that takes R-Truth totally out of the picture, man. The original champ. What's up, y'all? This message is for Reginald. Yeah, Reginald. Reginald. Reginald, I don't even know if you have a last name. Everybody got last name, dog. There's something up with that. My name is R Truth. First and last name. Ron Killings. You know what I'm saying? That's neither here nor there. You got something that belonged to me, Reggie. Um, I was spectacular fine last night when I saw you on Monday Night Raw. I love the flippy doodle things you do. I love all that. The 24-7 championship. You see, it's ugly, dog. 
You don't even want that around you or on you. You don't want it on your persons. It's ugly. It's ugly. Nobody like it, Reggie. It's ugly, dog. You should just give it back to me. The championship is ugly. It's so ugly, I had to tie a piece of pork chop around the neck of the championship to get the dogs to play with it, Reggie. It's so ugly when it was a baby, Mick Foley had it in an incubator with tinted windows. Jesus. Give it back. That happened. You know the only thing he was missing? What? He just needed Booker T to go in on the 24-7 championship like he did Macaulay Culkin that one time. Yeah, I guess. I don't know, I don't know if that needed anything else, actually. I think, I think it was oh perfect the way it was. <laughs> You know, that's what I'll say as far as that goes. <laughs> was there anything else Raw related? Oh, God. Uh, shit. I forgot the main event already. People are like, you guys are Raw slumps. Well, Raw was kind of a slump tonight. It was a night of rematches, all right? Leave me alone. Let me bring it up here. Hold on. Did you notice that, though? Like, almost everything on Raw tonight was a rematch of some sort or the other. You had the Reginald thing. I'm trying to remember what happened after the Reginald. Oh, yeah, you had Nikki. Once again, that's why, because it was Nikki Ash versus Charlotte Flair, this time with Nikki Ash going over. And yeah, no holds barred where Charlotte kicked the shit out of her all match long. Mm-hmm. But, but what happened, the, the momentum was lost when Charlotte goes for a spear and Nikki moves out of the way, and then she winds up eating the table, which makes her fatigued, and uh, that whole thing. So... But yeah, Cross goes over, giving her a little bit more arm. Sorry, Ash goes over, giving her a little bit more credibility. Mm. So that is it. That is the weeklies, folks. That's the weeklies. You know, long as usual. But uh, at least we're ready to wrap up here. You know. <laughs> but yeah, Mister Destin, once again, happy birthday to you. Oh, thank you very much. You know, I hope your entire day, since this is technically the beginning of it, in a lot of ways, turns out fantastic. Oh, it's going to be a fun one. That's a... Mm-hmm. And the rest of you, do not forget to continue to follow us the rest of this week, because we have a lot of other things planned. This is actually just the beginning. Uh, we'll be doing other content. Just check TalkBrunch.com for all of our links. Follow us on Twitter. Uh, for any announcements of when we're spontaneously going live with new content or announcements, that's definitely the best platform to find out about everything in real time, besides, of course, the website. Uh, and, of course, next week, 11.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, following Monday Night Raw on both Twitch and Facebook, we'll be doing another episode of Talk Bunch Live. Thank you to everyone who has been listening to this nocturnal show, including George and Stasis and Seb. Quest, Brittany Mode, Willie V2, Cabigon, Brarick Merrick Ishtar, Ice Wizard, Paco Zifen, Patrick Boyle, Bloodluster, as well as all of you listening on to the podcast version on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, TuneIn, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and all other popular places podcasts are found. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Talk Brunch Live, episode 472, hosted by yours truly, Rick Dara, a.k.a. Captain Brunch. For myself and my co-host, Destin, Soul Glow Frazier, we're out of here. And remember, when in doubt, you have to cross. Shut it down. <laughs>